the moment that you've all been waiting for. From the land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style, right here on this podcast. Because you're listening to the Osaka Saint, the Saitama Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. Double your pleasure, double your fun, because right now you get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo. El numero uno. That's right. You're listening to two of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it this episode. He says he's going to try and make it next week. But it is Monday night, November 9th. We might have a new president. We're not sure what's going on with that. They're still counting votes. But um, we are here at the Level Up Pro Wrestling School, a.k.a. the Level Up Pro Wrestling or uh, Level Up Studio. Mm, That's it. Punk Studio. We are sitting in with a guest today, the New Age Punisher, B-Boy, a.k.a. Uncle Benny. What up? What's up, guys? What up, homie? Hanging out, man. How's everybody doing this weekend? What's going on? It's Monday night. Usually we record on Tuesdays, but it's Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, special guest, so we had to make arrangements. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> but uh, the Sp- Sparks and I had a long day yesterday. Long day. Long day. We uh, we went up to Port Wanimi, and we uh, joined in on the championship wrestling from Hollywood taping. Devin hooked it up. Episode job, 500. Devin. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we participated in a battle royale. Ooh. Ooh. Battle royale. I'm not going to tell you how it, how it ends. Creme de la creme. But uh, kids, uh, if you get out there and you work hard and <laughs> fine-tune your craft, you too can join in on battle royale. That's hey, true. Man. Hey, man. Did you guys get your shit in, though? Oh, we got our shit in. Okay. I got like three punches in. Hell yeah. But it was cool, man. It was good. Like I saw good. some cats that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, a gentleman named James Morgan. Oh uh, wow, he was hey, there. Red Tornado. Was yeah. that was that his, his yeah. old game? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he's was there. In, like he's in better shape now than he ever was. Yeah. yeah. He showed up. His his shirt was all super tight. I'm like, yeah, you got to get a bigger shirt, dude. You grow. Dude, <laughs> like, he's, he's a tank. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's a tank, and he's a doctor. Yes, <laughs> he's a doctor. Yeah, he is. It's crazy, but it's good seeing him. Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. I saw a lot of the like. Actually, there's not like a. I mean, probably from like the time that, uh, you know, what, like that was like four years ago. When when did you stop going up there, Dev? Like about a year and a half ago. But <laughs> it, it's like it's, it's a it seems like it's a brand new. Yeah, the locker room's entirely different for the most part. There's some there's some hangovers from before, but for the most part, it's an entirely different locker room. It seems like. Yeah, and yeah, they got a good roster going. Yeah, it's it's, it's a young roster. Hungry. Um, they got a lot of like, uh, I think in the past it's been primarily Southern California talent. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like they're kind of a lot of fly-ins, yeah. a lot of a lot of guys from out of state. And I think that a lot of that has to do with primetime live as well. I would think mm. so. Because yeah. I think yeah. some of those guys are holding over till Tuesday, doing double duty. Yeah. So. And then uh, the man f- that used to be known as Damian Sandow mm. is now Aaron. His name's Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. He uh, he's a producer up there. Yeah. Nice guy. So. Very yeah. nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, talk to him a little bit. Um, yeah. Guy knows his shit. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's it's good being in a show environment. We learned that, well, not learned that, but I mean it was good last month, right? With the level up show and the Canna show for you. Um, 
It's just nice to be in a locker room. <laughs> it's nice to be around wrestling. No, it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, we went up there and uh, came back home, and that's about it, man. Yeah, long day. How about you? How was your weekend, Benny? Uh, the weekend was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, I went over at uh, Mr. Hunter Freeman's house on Saturday. I watched the Bulldogs lose and proceeded to get very, very drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, we also watched the AEW pay-per-view, and um, it was good seeing all the boys that, you know, uh, do their thing on, on pay-per-view. I really thought it was probably, like, their best show that they probably put on mm-hmm. in, uh, since their since their birth. Um, it was very emotional seeing Eddie. Uh, me, and, me and Kingston go back a long time. It was very emotional seeing Eddie uh, in the main event against another person to go a long ways with, with Moxley, and... It was it was just it was awesome. It was awesome seeing them them to do what they do, and I really believe that. Uh, I've always said that Kingston was a star, and now AEW is giving them the platform to do it. So it was very emotional for me to see it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, it seems like they're they're hot shotting him pretty good. Oh yeah, um, and it's. I'm not too familiar with Kingston's in-ring work, mm-hmm. but I, I'm pretty sure he's is he meat and potatoes kind of like. Oh uh, yeah, man. He's uh he's he was. I mean, his meat and potatoes is you know, the fighting road, the uh, strong style if you want to call it Japanese style. That's that's his bread and butter. Yeah. And the thing that puts him over even more is just his mouth. You know what I mean? Like he he's the best promo in the business, in my opinion. That's <clears throat> that's what I. Uh... Yeah, uh, yeah. Best promo <laughs> in the business, not. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it, was a jo- it was a joke, Mike. It was a joke. <laughs> Mike and Adam both looked at me like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like uh, that, that part was a joke. That's the thing. That's what that what seems to to put him over so much in that promotion and with the fans is his promo skills. Hands down, yeah. Uh, he seems like a. It seems like whenever he's promoing, it's 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 real talk. It's oh, coming from the heart. Down. It's the realism. It's the realism factor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you see him in the way he talks and how he talks, and just even with the accent or when he tells a story of a promo, like you feel it. And the, I mean, the last guy to do that was what, like Jake Roberts? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like with with King, you just feel it. Yeah. You know? And I feel like with AEW, obviously, uh, very uh, indie style influenced mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. A lot of goofiness okay. going on. You know, you got a guy dressed up as a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. You got a kid riding on his back. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like a lot of, uh, a lot of like comedy spots going mm-hmm. on and all that kind of stuff. And then you got Kingston coming in and and he's acting like a real motherfucker. Yeah. And I feel like that's shining through <clears throat> the rest of what AEW is trying to do. I think I think with AEW, their their locker room is very diverse. And like I mean, yeah, you got like what you were talking about, like a dinosaur and stuff like that, and, and he's a big dude, and, you know, fucking Luchasaurus, and you know, you have like these so-called comedy wrestlers, but the thing is, is that everybody in that locker room could work. Mm-hmm. They're just whether they're accustomed to indie style, whether they're accustomed to TV, whether they're accustomed to realism. I think that's why AEW's uh, locker room is very diverse because they could put anybody anywhere. And in my opinion, because you got your generals that are back there too, who could actually uh, help produce um, to their strengths and the weaknesses of the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's good to see that. Like, uh, you know, I've I've heard nothing but good things about Kingston, um, mm-hmm. and you just reiterated that basically because you actually you've known him for a while. Yeah, I've actually known Eddie since probably like I think it was like 2004. Uh, we used to be on the same loops over in the Midwest. Uh, him and his old partner, Blackjack. 
Blackjack Marciano, I think his last name was, but him, uh, like, that was just something that stood out with that tag team. Mm-hmm. Both of them, or what, Eddie coming from New York, and uh, I was at, I was living at Philly at the time, and everything like that. And uh, he's also, you know, he, he was like the young guy that um, I wouldn't say hung around like myself or, or Homicide or anything of that nature. He was just that guy that Homicide and myself were drawn to. Mm-hmm. I guess we come from the same cloth, you know. Isn't uh, homicide? Isn't one? Of, he one of his? Didn't homicide train him? No, um, but Eddie learned a lot being on the road with homicide. They were on the same shows together and okay. everything like that. All right. Yeah. All right. So recently, yes. Twenty-two years in the business. Oh shit! Deuce, 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 deuce. Song. It's a long fucking time, man. It is a long time. <laughs> if you think about it, that's basically half your life. I think it's more than half my life. I think really. around this time is where they give you a watch and they kick you out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Brother, I, I had my watch 10 years ago. <laughs> they say, all right, shoulders down, one, two, three, and here's your watch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, all right, so 22 years. So, well, well, you've seen the business evolve a ton. Oh, yeah, especially. Came yeah. So we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks on the podcast. Um, it's been brought up here and there. We haven't spent too much time on it. But like... The West Coast, yes. SoCal in particular, used to be a laughing stock. Yeah. People talk mad shit about it, especially on the indies. Mm-hmm. With AEW, a lot of the talent's coming from Southern California. Mm-hmm. You think that's an accident, or do you think is you know you travel a lot out there on the East Coast too? Is there any respect for SoCal or the West Coast, or what's going on with that? Uh, so they're like on the East Coast. Uh, I mean, obviously with just the culture out there, everybody's very um, confrontational, uh, competitive out there as well. So, I mean, if you get one coast from another coast, they're always going to look down on you, no matter what. And it's not their fault. It's just that what they're accustomed to. So, when I was, like, heading out there and everything like that, like, they knew that I was West Coast. They knew Super Dragon was West Coast. They knew this and that. The surprising thing is, is when I was going out there, those East Coast talent, that, like, name East Coast talent, were watching guys like myself. They were watching Super Dragon. They were watching Samoa Joe and everything like that. So that so uh, to what you were saying about us being a laughingstock, no, we were never a laughingstock. Uh, the thing is, is that like um, they saw us, and I see it as a hidden gem uh, in on the indie level, and it just it just took time. That's all it was. It just took time. Um, the one thing that is good about the West Coast now, and maybe the reason why they're getting a lot more. Um, opportunities and stuff like that is that you know working for championship uh, 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 like Hollywood primetime or anything like that they do that studio atmosphere they do TV work and and everything like that so it already uh, gives you just that edge over somebody you know what I mean and I think I, I knew the East Coast knew that we had talent out here I knew the Midwest knew that we had talent out here even fucking over the world knew that we had talent out here it's just a matter that now um because of what's going on people understand <laughs> uh people understand and are seeing uh what what we've known mm-hmm. you know what i mean i feel like all the time though i would hear like oh west coast doesn't have anything it's all about east coast look at all the guys who's who's the stars they're all on the east coast and i'm like i don't know man you look at aew now half their rosters yeah. from la southern yeah. california but i think honestly like you said, Hollywood, right? For the longest time, all we had was PWG, for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. I think IWL was, like, one of the first indies that started trying to like tried bring it, yeah. guys in. And they had a shitty reputation for a yeah. while. But they started trying, like, really yeah. hard to bring names in. Um, so I think 
after PWG, you kind of, kind of had IWL a little bit fill the gap. Then Hollywood filled in. Then he had PCW. Mm-hmm. Bar showed up. Santino's had a, a real good reputation. You know, all of a sudden it just started taking off. And I think that the talent level at this point here is like, I think you can compete anywhere in the country. No, hands down. Uh, the one thing um, uh, j- to correct you, Devin. Oh, my bad. <laughs> was, um, and it, it wasn't PWG that was flying out people at first. It wasn't this. It was actually uh, MPW. Right. It was MPW. And then PWG actually kind of formed or had like their, um, I guess, guidelines off of MPW mm. and and everything like that. It was for the boys, by the boys type situation. Nice. And then you had IWL uh, doing the same things. And, um, you know, when people started getting into indie wrestling, they started researching a lot of people. And they were like, oh, he would be good here. He would be good there, you know. So um, there was a lot of, um, a lot of downtime. But then when, when shit was hot out here, like, in, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think any, and I've wrestled a lot of places, but when shit was hot out here, it was, it was unmatched in my, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Let's, uh, so I, you guys are bringing up, um, AEW, right? It's a mm-hmm. newer TV, mm-hmm. you know, big, big TV, um, using a lot of Southern California cats. Do you think the reason is, is because, yeah, you see a lot of cats on there have, experience from tv from championship wrestling from hollywood mm-hmm. you know because you think about it you go to wrestling school you learn mm-hmm. how to wrestle mm-hmm. right but that tv environment that tv tv wrestling is very different than wrestling on an independent show right mm-hmm. you got to slow it down a little bit because you got camera angles mm-hmm. also you got to do promos you mm-hmm. got to you, you got to become like a character right a real character ready for tv and i look at here in southern california we have that opportunity through championship, um, it's almost like going to like college, right? You yeah. go to college, you, you go to championship. It's TV wrestling, yeah. It's not, and you know, it's it's gotten bigger lately, but it's you know, you're getting a, your associate's degree. It's a smaller scale um, TV promotion, but you're learning how to work TV. I feel I feel like anybody that has TV or studio type uh, tapings or footage or anything of that nature, I feel. That it's almost uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, uh, like an advantage, or... like an advantage. It's like what you're going off of college. It's almost like a uh... a rum springer. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a word for it. Watch it will come to me in a minute. Yeah. yeah. But so we have that in Southern California. Um, you know, out in Texas they have. Uh, Booker T has reality of yeah, wrestling reality TV, that has yeah. a, a TV. Uh, it's a TV promotion. There's a couple out there in in Texas where they've got some TV things going. Do they? Yeah. yeah. United uh, partnered with them for a while. I don't know if they still are, but up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, there was WCWC mm-hmm. for a while. Who knows what's going on with that? But in the East Coast, can you guys think of like any like is there a TV like a smaller scale TV promotion out there that like or in the Midwest or anything like that? Like, well, you had OVW. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was gonna say, guys. It's like, uh, like championship and stuff like that. It's almost like a, like a, it's a farm system now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's Mm -hmm. the word I was talking, looking for. Yeah. So I think that's probably why you are seeing a lot of the AEW cats, uh, or a lot of the Southern California people show up at AEW because they're like, hey, man, these cats already understand wrestling. Like, TV. More importantly, probably yeah, they understand TV. TV wrestling. So, Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So let's talk about this. Twenty-two years ago. A young Filipino kid yeah. walked into a what, what pro wrestling school did you walk into first? Um, funny story. Uh, so 
I was at Bash at the Beach when it was over there at San Diego State, and that's when Rey Mysterio came back from that injury. What year and, was that? Oh man, I, I I couldn't tell you. It was at the Cox Arena. That's what I gotta it was look called. it up. I'm, I love that shit. Go ahead. Yeah, so we were there, and then me and my buddies uh, that I you know got into trouble with and everything like that when I was younger went there, but we shared like wrestling together, you know, mm-hmm. and. I uh, I always told him I was like I want to be a wrestler I want to be a wrestler and you know he was the only one that kind of really supported me uh, on that time is maybe one more and there was a guy with a bushy ass fucking mustache uh, giving flyers out and it was a uh, CCW California Championship Wrestling uh, and they were training over in Vista and the guy's name was Charles Gibbs and um, that's where kind of like SoCal Pro came from and yep. all the rest of that. Um, but before SoCal Pro, I was with CCW, and I was there. I think like two or three years and stuff like that. And then I um, I wanted to expand my horizon, so to speak. So I um, fine tuned, um, you know, structuring and and everything like that at uh, UPW, the form, uh, uh, the developmental at the time for WWE, where like Cena, Samoa Joe, all these guys, Miz, all these guys came from, and that's where I actually learned learned. Mm-hmm. And that's not not taking it away from CCW and the first trainers. Uh, they gave me the basics and the fundamentals. Uh, but when I went up to UPW, that's when I understood more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was probably because they had a lot more, you know, TV guys that were working there. And they were more TV oriented and, and everything like that. So that's where I learned. It was, uh, it was, but like to answer your question, yeah, that's where I, I originally started was uh, CCW with Charles Gibbs. Who else was... Uh... Oh, go ahead, Dev. You had a question. Real quick, I, do you remember what the uh, what the main event was for that Bash at the Beach? No, I don't. I I know that Rey Mysterio was a surprise. And he, he beat won. he beat Rey Mysterio beat uh, Jericho for the, the cruiserweight title. That's right. So I had no idea that this took place. I, I wish I knew this took place in San Diego at the time. This pisses me off that I didn't know. This was the uh, Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman versus Diamond Dallas Page. That's right. Home Alone. Oh shit! Yes. I had no that idea that took right. place here, yeah. dude. That's, That's absolutely right. What a small arena to hold that in. Yeah, the Cox Arena at the time was pretty small. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it was just like WCW, like doing the venues that were here in San Diego. Well, I think they were locked out of. I think WWE yeah, they were they were out. locked out of a what was it used to be called? Uh, it's called uh, the fucking VHS Arena now. But what was it used? Uh, that's. I just call it the sports arena. Yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah. what it is. Oh, now I know it. Oh, Pachanga, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what they call it? Yeah, yeah I, I've only yeah, ever heard it as a back sports arena. Yeah, it's a sports arena. Anyway, I didn't mean arena. to cut you off. That was not important at all. But So when you when you show up to CCW, who's some cats that you were wrestling with? Alcatraz was in my class. Alcatraz. Was Redondo there? Redondo was not there. Okay. He was actually one of my – he was my first ladder match. I think I was like maybe like a year in at that time. Something like that. Yeah. But Redondo was there. Uh, the the twins, uh, Dorados, the oh, dynamic uh, twins. The they di- were in my the class. Dynamics. Yeah, the dynamics. They were in my class. Uh, James McFarland. Okay. Um. I think, I think that was the original crew. There was only like five or six of us. Yeah. So how long did you spend? How long did you spend there before you went up uh, to UPW? Uh, I would say maybe like a year and a half, almost two years. Now. What year was that? When you do you remember what year that was? I believe I started training in ninety seven, and I had my first match in ninety eight. Damn. So what? What kind of opportunities were there back in that time, as far as independent wrestling? For a, you know, obviously that that's when wrestling was hot. 
yeah. on TV. On TV, yes. WCW, WWF going head-to-head every Monday night. Mm-hmm. You know, Stone Cold, The Rock. It just, it was, it was NWO, it was on mm-hmm. fire. You are not a gigantic man. No, not at all. So you step in there, like, hey, guys, all wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. I want to be a wrestler. What's uh Oh, I, I was laughed at. And, <laughs> and, and honestly, the way that I looked, there was definitely... I feel that there was definitely a stereotyping, yeah, and and stuff like that. Um, but I said fuck them. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right, I get trouble with my wife too. So. And we're back. Oh, we had to take a short break. Benny had to go talk to the new trainees here at Level Up Pro Wrestling School. Uh, okay, so we left off. You walked into CCW. Mm-hmm. You're a small kid. You're oh. you're you're trying to get into the business of the Giants. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of looking at you like, yeah, who the fuck does this kid think he is, or some shit like that. Right? Uh, it was it was a more dad because uh, the dynamics are shorter than I am. That's right, they are. You know what I mean? I just think I, you know, I, I think also being young and not knowing about independence and just seeing what I saw on TV. Now I gotta go. Did, were you just a TV wrestling fan? Yes. Because I had no idea about independence when I was younger. Uh, the time Same that I knew here. about independence is probably. Maybe a year after I debuted. Yeah, yeah. Um, you remember your first match? Uh, yeah, it was against uh, one of the dynamics. He was known as a Spanish Fly. Sick. What was his finisher? Uh, not a Spanish Fly. Well, he was. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was. Nah, not a Spanish Fly. Not at all. <laughs> It'd probably be like a the buzz song. <laughs> song like that. Yeah. Um. So how how long did you, so you started ninety seven. Yeah. Debut in ninety eight mm-hmm. with CCW. Mm-hmm. How long you how long you wrestling with them and then you and then you headed up north? Like so how did how did that transition from San Diego, CCW up to so UPW is up in uh close to LA, right? Like yeah, Huntington Beach. What was the, what was the thought process like I gotta go up there to, to get better or what what have you heard? Uh it was just one of those things because um I knew who Tom Howard was, uh and then Bassman, Rick Bassman was the one that actually uh hit me up. And he goes, oh yeah, we're still training up here and everything like that. Like, um, uh, he never he never charged me. Oh nice. Um, never never did anything like that. I was very kind of fortunate with that. Um, and it was just one of those things. That, like, I know this sounds horrible because it sounds bad, but like I just learned everything that I could learn at, at a certain spot, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn more. No, you got to. You know what I mean? You got to. And at that time, it could come across disrespecting towards trainers or anything, and it wasn't it wasn't that at all because I love my trainers because they were the ones that um, made me apply the old school trainer thinking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Question. <clears throat> so put yourself in a trainee's shoes, right? You said mm-hmm. you, you just said you had to go somewhere else to work, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or not to work, but to train. To learn more, yeah. So you're young kid right you you run a school obviously run level up here mm-hmm. so put yourself in their shoes or, or back then however you want to do it you've been training somewhere for a year you're ready for a match mm-hmm. you haven't been afforded the opportunity to have a match yet at the place okay. that you're training you get an opportunity somewhere else mm-hmm. someone else says hey we have a spot for you if you guys want to come wrestle maybe you're tagging with someone whatever you and a buddy come tag come mm-hmm. wrestle on the show you go work that show mm-hmm do you, did you do you think do you feel like you offended the promoter or do you think the promoter has a or the the owner of the school do you think they have a right to feel offended if they haven't you've been there for a year they haven't obviously given you an opportunity so maybe they don't think you're ready or whatever but you wrestle anyway how do you feel as someone running a school how would you feel as a, a student 
I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I think loyalty is um, is a big thing. Um, I know people, um, promoters, trainers, whatever you want to call them, uh, they use loyalty to their advantage. Um, I also believe that if a promoter knows that he has a green kid that hasn't had a match, he also knows that it, he's going to take advantage of him as well, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, the opportunity or where he's at or this and that. Um, I'm a true believer in, you know, you debut where you start. Um, and it's not my only training thought. Santino's has a training thought. Um, other uh, Monster Factory has a training thought. Like, all these guys have these trains of thought. Because at the end of the day, um, depending on where you go and the resources that you have and stuff like that, um, I, I truly believe, <clears throat> mind you, this is not me being a performer. It's me um, being a teacher and stuff like that, that you uh as a teacher you reward your students not nobody else you see what i mean uh because they put in the work with you so you reward them you know what i mean it shouldn't be somebody else gotcha i saw this play out very very prominent wrestling school they had someone there a tag team kids that were there for a year training they thought they were ready to go and they ended up working somewhere else they had they've been trying to get on shows it was very hard to get on these shows um but also, you know, your green, your trainer's going to know if you're ready to go or not. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But they ended up taking um, a booking somewhere else mm -hmm. under hoods, too. Mm -hmm. But their trainers found out. Mm -hmm. They got cut. Boom, you're gone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh. Like, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know how to feel about it. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's really hard to get on a show here. Like, yeah. I can I can see, like, how you would feel frustrated and not want to. No, I, I can definitely it's gonna see. it's going to take another year, holy shit, to I, I definitely, I definitely think, uh, you know, the frustration part is, is, is definitely there. Um, but I feel what's what's more important, loyalty or frustration? Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's I agree with you, too. Uh, I, when I first I, – so I debuted in three months after I started training at SoCal Pro, and I didn't work anywhere until after a year. Because I still was like, man, I'm still fucking training. Mm -hmm. You know, like the only reason I got put, I, I got, I debuted is cause, uh, Jeff Dino, the owner of SoCal pro saw me go out over the top ropes backwards mm -hmm. <laughs> at, at practice right before the rumble, oh, you know, you the SoCal rumble, pro rumble. rumble and he was spot. like, <laughs> he was like, well, that's all you really need to know <laughs> in, in the rumble. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there you go. I was, I was off to the races, but I was basically, I didn't take it, you know, I didn't search out any bookings or take any bookings outside of SoCal Pro for like a year after that mm -hmm. because I was like, when I'm ready to go out to another promotion, I have to be ready because yeah. I, I represent my trainers exactly. and the school that I, that I train at. So I, I, I understand what you're saying right there. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. And maybe you did. I don't mm -hmm. know, but you grew up at like my era of wrestling, the attitude era, right? Mm -hmm. I love that shit. So that's what I grew up on. So when it was time to like come out of train, I'm like, oh, this is my fat. This is my Monday Night Raw. Like I don't go wrestle on Nitro too. I don't go wrestle on ECW. Like you stay with Raw. So like I didn't understand. It took me a while, mm. probably about a year or whatever, to be like, oh, you're supposed to wrestle everywhere. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just sit on. No, your ass same here. thing. Same. You go wrestle other places. Same, same. Uh, so you you head up to UPW, and it's the funny thing is. If anybody doesn't know, UPW back in the day was, like we said, that was the farm system. Yeah, it was a like, farm system. They basically found really big guys out on the street or wherever in the gym and said, hey, you want to become a professional wrestler? And they would sponsor these big dudes. Mm -hmm. Rick Bassman would sponsor them, yeah. right? And he would get the the scouts from WWE or WWF mm -hmm. back then. 
He also he had the resources too. And he would uh, he would get a percentage of their contract. That yeah. was, so that's what UP, UPW was about. UPW was about getting people to the big show, right? Mm-hmm. To WWF, WCW. So now you come in. You're from San Diego. You're you're training at CCW. You know you're not a Goliath. No. So you all. come in there, but he was cool to you. Bassman was cool. Let you train. That's nice. Uh, I think it was just one of those things too that uh, I think it, it was just the way that I was performing mm-hmm. uh, on, you know, being the young guy and working. I was able to work with big guys. I was able to work with younger guys. I was uh, smaller guys, my size and everything like that. Like I felt because of my training or just what I was studying um, or anything of that nature, like it just helped me more be like a hybrid mm-hmm. of, of different styles, especially during that time. During that time, there was no hybrids. You only worked one style. How long were you P- UPW for? Fuck, man. Um, before I had my first chance, at C- so CZW, I started there in 2002. And then I was probably with UPW from 2000 to 2002. But I would still do spots for UPW around that time, too. Because they were around until, like, 2005, I think. Something right? like that, yeah. Because I know Yuma was there at some point. Yuma was there. Good time. That's where Good Time trained. Because I yeah. started training in 04. Yeah. And they were around then. So I mean, it was it was the craziest thing. Because now that I'm looking back and fucking being old as hell and shit like that. Like, I mean, these are the guys that were in my... Like, I'm going to name off the guys that were, like, in my class. And I was... And we were all helping each other. John Cena. And fucking Miz. Who's, who's that guy? Exactly. <laughs> Samoa Joe. Uh, myself, uh, do you remember uh, Ryan Sakota? Nah. So he was on TV. Um, a good time came from there. Uh, Sylvester Turkey came from there. I, I've heard that name before. Yeah, he looked like Bruce Brody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that name before. Why do I recognize that name? If you look him up, you'll rec- you'll see him. He was on WWE for like yeah, he was a couple on, of months. He, yeah, he was on there as well. Yep. He was in developmental for a while. Yep. Was he was in OVW. Elijah Burke couple, was his manager. Yeah. I mean, like that was that was the thing though, is that UPW was labeled a farm system, and you know people could say they're a farm system, but they actually had you know uh, the end game. They they fucking put Cena out there, they put Miz yeah. out there, they put this out there. Was Kazarian there? Uh, Kazarian, um, <laughs> Kazarian was there too. He used to uh, he was there as well. Um, like back in the day, me and Frankie used to be married to each other everywhere. Oh no shit! Yeah, and uh, Kazarian was uh, it was a good buddy of mine along with TJ. We always used to roll together, and um, yeah, he was there. He uh, that's when he started tagging with Nova. I don't know who that is uh, uh, Nova uh, from ECW. Nova. I, I was Simon in, Dean. Simon. Oh, okay, Dean. I was in ECW. Oh, okay, guy. got you, got you. Yeah. Uh, he was training with uh, him there. I mean, the Ballards were there. I mean, like, and the Ballards worked the Hardys. Uh, Kurt Angle went against Christopher Daniels. Was there? Damn. Um, fucking. Can you name some people that the fans might recognize? <laughs> <laughs> I probably can't, dude. <laughs> I probably can't. Uh, AJ Styles. Yeah, no, doesn't do it for me. That's fuck. <laughs> by the way, we uh, were just joined by uh, player. <laughs> One player, one Michael one. Hopkins. Michael Hopkins, that's yeah. right. Say something real quick to the to the, the man people. With, the man with the power. The <laughs> man with the power club, baby. <laughs> there we go. That's right. Uh, I got a question for you, Benny. So, yeah. you're at UPW. You got scouts from WWF coming through. Yeah. Were you? Were you? So were you ever? 
put in the ring in front of the scouts? Yes. How, how'd that go for you? And, and uh, was, it was uh, Jim Ross comes up to me and he really liked he really liked what I did. He just put, told me to put size on. <laughs> Get on the gas, kid. <laughs> uh, Why didn't I you? did. Uh, there was twice that he was there. Uh, one time, I was in like some crazy cruiserweight situation, and uh, he said that I stood out of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was another time that it was me and Funky Billy Kim. Uh, in a tag match against uh, Nova and I think Frankie, and he he says something afterwards too. Yeah, yeah. Was that like? Did you did they did Bassman like announce to people like, "Yo, guys, show up this day." We got no, it, it was already it, they already it was already announced like on social, not even social media at the time. Fucking <laughs> maybe MySpace, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so did they have this? Um, was this a UPW show or was this like a private yeah. training session, a student show? So, they used to run out of, like, uh, Huntington Beach. It was actually, like, a boxing gym or something like that. That's where they would train along with have light shows, like how we do showcase. And But their big shows and main shows were in uh, the place. Uh, I forgot what street it was off, but it was called The Galaxy. And uh, The Galaxy was, like, a huge venue. And They around. used to have big shows, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like uh, when the Hardys were in, Kurt Angle was in, um, Triple H was there, Stephanie was there. Uh, Jim Ross was there, um, and multiple others. Yeah, I remember it must have been MySpace because I remember seeing, wanting to go to some of those shows and like kiss some ass and try to train yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing pictures like, holy shit, that's a huge crowd. Yeah. Because these other shows, you're looking at, you know, whatever it was, 40 people at the time. Packed house, brother. Packed house. I remember one time, so this is my first introduction to like social media and shit. Um, with, with wrestling, with wrestling, this is I'm super green, brand new, been in less than a year, and uh, there was like the a, like a student show, I guess you would call it at the time, but it wasn't advertised as, as a student show. It was like really a, a show show, but there was it was like no crowd. Yeah. Like they changed the venue last second, yeah, and um, there was like no one. Anyway, someone asked online, MySpace something. How many people were at the show? And I said, I was in a headlock, and I counted 12 people. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and I didn't realize, like, the concept of burying a, <laughs> yeah, a promotion yeah. or a company or a promoter. And I was like, yeah, I was in, the, I was in a headlock, and I literally counted 12 people. And I think I, that was my last show I worked for them. How long did you uh, – how, how many years did you spend up at UPW? I think it was like two and a half, almost three years. So like I was, they gave me the the lightweight title, and I think uh, me and Funky won the um, the tag titles. And then, so from UPW, did you go anywhere else? Like, eventually, you ended up on the East Coast, but yeah, was there anything in between that? So it was UPW, it was CCW, it was all the indies that were happening around here in LA, San Diego. Quick question: yeah. So this is early two thousands? Yes. How's the scene looking independent wise in Southern California? There was still, there was a lot of places to work. Yeah. Uh, for I, I think maybe four years straight, I was working like maybe fifteen times uh, a month. Oh no shit! Yeah, that's nice. That's real good. Yeah. Now is, like twelve to fifteen times a month. Are these weekend shots or these like Thursday Sunday uh, like shows? Galaxy like, shows would be on a Wednesday. Uh, there would be something popping off like a double shot on on a Friday. Uh, you had your Saturdays, you had your Sundays, uh, pop up a Thursday shot. Uh, you had your Lucha shows running on Sundays and uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, um, Yeah, because I've always wondered about that, like how the scene was 
back in the early 2000s like yeah was, i mean like it, they were everywhere man yeah uh like i said i was like working like 12 15 times like a month for like four years straight so when did you do uh wrestling society x when was that Six, I think it was. Oh, it was that late? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like shortly after that UPW stint. Because I remember that briefly. They did like a season or two. I just saw a picture of you with a mask on. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had I, uh, I had a mask on because uh, uh, this is where the stereotyping kind of comes in. And, and it's nothing against any promotion or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, when they look at me, they think, um, you know, Latino and, and everything like that. So they would always put me. Um, with guys that were Latino, and I, whatever gets you booked, brother. See, <laughs> and and everything like that. But like, uh, like I didn't, I didn't want to show my face because, like, I knew that I was Filipino. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like like legit. I was probably one of, the, I was probably the first Filipino that was on the Indies before TJ, before Scott Loss. Before Funky Billy Kim, I was the first Filipino. Did you and TJ never do like a stint together? As a oh team? yeah, we did uh, as a team though. No. Okay, no. Huh. Yeah, interesting, yeah. right? <laughs> so uh, it just seems like too easy. You would think, but everybody thought I was Latino. You got a company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have people come up to me and be like, "Are you?" Uh, are you uh, Hispanic? See, si. <laughs> El Numero Uno. That's si, interesting. El Numero Uno. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I'm trying to work Cabo. that gimmick. <laughs> trying to work that gimmick, brother. Where's your family? Cabo. Cabo. We're man. all from Cabo. Cabo. <laughs> um, and then so what? 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 what the East Coast mm-hmm. life. You, yeah. What would you see out there that you were like, I got to get out there and go check that out? So well, you remember when we were talking about uh, earlier about like. Um, Everybody thought that the East Coast was the hot spot, and you're absolutely right. It was the hot spot, and this is the reason why. It's because all the publicity was out there. It wasn't out in the Midwest. It wasn't out in the, in the West Coast. Uh, PWI is based on the East Coast. You know what I mean? And so if you wanted to get a name out there, um, you had to go to the East Coast, or, or you had to go to maybe one or two spots in the Midwest. You know, and uh, I remember I sent John Zandig from Combat Zone a VHS tape highlight reel. Hell yeah! Yeah, with uh, myself and Dragon, uh, myself and Spanky, uh, Brian Kendrick, uh, myself and uh, a couple others and stuff like that. And he wanted me out there. And the thing, the thing is, is like when I went out there, there was a lot of guys, maybe with the exception of Low Key and Homicide and a couple others, that were trying to do a certain style, and it was just sloppy. So when I went out there and when Dragon went out there, we gave them the style that was supposed to happen in Philly, but nobody could do, Mm -hmm. or they were trying to emulate. You know what I mean? And that was like the American, like, uh, quote, unquote, strong style. You see what I mean? So after all that happened and everything like that, it was was just crazy. Uh, Everything kind of just like skyrocketed off of that because they wanted me back before they did Dragon. You know what I mean? And I think... Um, I also think, you know, uh, having a relationship with uh, Messiah, uh, like a good friendship with Messiah and the Backseat Boys, uh, the Ver- uh, you know, Trinacid and, and Johnny Cashmere and, and Adam Flash and all these guys, that, that kind of helped me uh, solidify my spot out there. Um, so. so you're talking about 
you know, they were sloppy. You're saying they're trying to trying to do a certain style, commit to a certain style, but they're a little sloppy. Uh, I would never say that to the people, but like that's what the promoter was telling. Me. Right, right, right. But I, we're and we're not naming names. But, yeah, yeah. But did you see that as well? Um, the heart was there. The intent was there. Yes. So <laughs> Mike and I were talking yesterday in our on our car ride. Um, no, you never talk. What are you talking about? That's right. Mike never talks. That's why he has a... You know what's so funny is everyone looks at Mike like, Mike never talks. No, he's the fucking... Dude, he'll out-talk you. Out, he out-talks me every episode. <laughs> um, you just got to get him on a car ride or when he's just on one. Yeah. So so um, I, I feel like it's almost the opposite now. Like, everything is too produced. Everything is too polished almost. Like, I was saying, like, I, I feel bad because, you know, my style is very basic, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and then there you got guys who can go. You got guys yeah. who can do tons of shit. But I feel bad because I'll see some stuff. Where these guys post. Hey, check this shit out from last night. And like, it's super spotty. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, God damn, dude, that looked like it looked very fake. Like yeah. it looked very rehearsed. It looked like you practiced that for an hour and a half before you got in the ring. Yeah. And like, there's a place for that. And people, you know, I, I can understand why people love it. I still love it. I'll still pop for it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that takes a lot of athleticism. Like, holy yeah. shit. But, like, for me, I, I see some of the stuff and I'm like, I don't know. I don't like that. I wouldn't post. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it, it's hard because I see the reason. I see the intent behind it and at the yeah. same time. So, like, you're saying they were, we're trying to do something, but maybe it's sloppy. Uh-huh. But now I see some of the stuff and I'm like, it's way, like, too polished. I, I, I say this. Say, like, in... Hops will tell you, and I think even Camden will tell you too, is that like what I always try to instill people is that there's three main components of being a worker or, or, or trying to gauge an audience and everything like that. It's um, the uh, the visual aspect, it's the auditorial, that's the word, auditory aspect, yeah. and then the emotional aspect. You know what I mean? And if you can honestly do that, those three components without choreographing things, that's when the realism factor is there. You see what I mean? Uh, like my whole main thing, like nowadays, in the way that I train my students, and Hops will tell you this, is is the realism factor because you, everybody forgets that professional wrestling is supposed to be a struggle between either a um, bad guy, good guy, or b competitor versus competitor. You know what I mean? So they don't implement those things, and they go very uh, high spot oriented, which looks choreographed, as you were saying. Now, if they would just add something between the spot then the spot would mean more, in my opinion. So, like, if you can add those three components about that emotional investment, the the auditory, where the bumps and the and, and all that and the sound comes from, and then the visual aspect of, oh, that was cool. If you add those three components and everything, then that's a wrestling match. I think it was maybe... And the storytelling, the emotional storytelling, too. Maybe a couple of years ago... Was it Osprey and Ricochet that? Yeah, and the visual in, aspect in, in, was in, in New Japan, right? In, yeah. in the you know some of the old timers like that's bullshit. It's stupid. It's yeah. so fake. I watched it. I was like blown away. I was like, that's I really like that. It's really good. Fuck the old timers. I like that. Yeah. But I feel like after that, that's what inspired this new like oh generation. We got to hit that, and that's when I started to see the stuff come out where I'm like, God damn, that just looks. They're so trying too hard. Yeah, it looks so choreographed. Looks so fake. Some of the best stuff that I see is where they'll do this almost overly choreographed shit. Yeah. But they get stopped by getting clocked in the face by a forearm and take a massive bump. Take that four seconds to sell to the crowd. Let the crowd, let it register. Let Brother. the crowd go, oh, Brother. shit. Brother. And then you're like, okay, then pick them up and, 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 and take working. them. Yeah. 
Like my my big thing is like I'll base everything in the world. Bop, bop, bop. Give me all the crazy shit in the world. If I give you just one strike, just sell for like a minute. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'll be like, just sell. <laughs> That's yeah. all you gotta do. Because it's already the story. Athleticism versus striker. You know what I mean? And then there's your story all the way through. Here's one thing I think about like you Deb, you bring up that Ricochet and Offspray uh match and Ricochet is incredibly athletic. Yes, right? very much he so. He is incredible at what he does. Yeah, he does, yep. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys out there that see him and want to emulate it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they can't... You, you'll never be Ricochet. That yep. guy is special as far as what he does. Uh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like I like what you're talking about, like when uh, you know trainees or younger guys try to emulate somebody, mm-hmm. that's the first and foremost uh, um, mistake. Because you try not to emulate somebody, you try to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, when they try to emulate somebody and everything like that, if they don't reach that, that's when confidence goes down. That's when depression goes down. That's when all this comes down. You know what I mean? So, like, if you try to be the best that you can be, then that's all that matters. It's not what other people. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think what's important with that is try that shit, emulate what you can, and quickly learn your boundaries. No, no, absolutely. Oh, you want to be Ricochet? Try the Ricochet shit. How'd that look? Look like shit. All well, right, that, guess what? Keep working on it. Keep working on it. <laughs> what, what, what do I always say? Either put it in the pocket for later or throw right that away. bitch in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's what I was... So you have Ricochet, and then you have somebody trying to emulate them, but now you have discount, discount Ricochet, right? Uh-huh. And oh, then, gotcha. <laughs> and then you have, and then you have, sorry, I had to. And then you have another guy who's trying to emulate, and now that's you know food for less ricochet. And then you have this other person, and they're dollar off store. And no, they're ricochet. dollar store hops now. <laughs> and 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 the style that ricochet does is oversaturated. Yeah. Well, and now yes, yeah, it's very much I mean. it very much is. And so like that's the that's the one thing I see with, with a big problem on the indies is you got these guys going for big stuff and they they can't do it. they can they can do it, but, but it's, it's not, not as pretty. It's not as good looking, it's not as clean. They're not going to do it 10 out of 10 times. No, they're going to, you know, all. probably hit it maybe good looking once yeah. once out of 10 times and then, you know, it just that that's the problem I see with the, with today's now day uh, the style nowadays on the independence is everybody's trying to emulate uh, this certain style where it's like man you have to be very gifted athletically to to pull that off and if you want to try that go for it mm-hmm. but if somebody's gonna say hey man it don't look good fucking listen to them yeah you know and th- and that's the one thing too is that a lot of people will not. Uh, if you give that feedback, a lot of people they think you're just hating on them. Yeah, but that's one thing that I've noticed that about uh, a lot of students or younger guys is that when you try to give them criticism, uh, they think it, they think that you're trying to attack them. Yeah, bury them. So, so yeah. let's talk about this. Mike and I were talking about this in the car yesterday. This is a perfect segue. To, it's not even a segue. It goes right into it. New guys, green guys. How do you not hurt someone's feelings? Right. Not even if they've been in for a while. But uh-huh. we talk about guys that are trying to mimic someone else. How many times? Have you been in the ring with someone and they call a spot? They call the opening spot and they fuck up two or three things in the opening spot. Majority of the time. Go, yeah. Okay. And then you get a spot coming later. You're like, you fucked that up. Let's see how you do here. And they blow that. They can't do it. They call something that they want to hit off the ropes, a springboard or some yeah. shit. And they fuck that up too. And at one point, you're like, bro, how, why, would, why are you calling that? Like, you got to make yourself look good too. And like, you know why? You, you know why doing? they called it? Oh, because I saw it. That's why they call it. Yeah. So, but how do you? So, how, so what's your advice? So we don't have to give it because you're a fucking teacher here. <laughs> what What's your advice for guys that you know? 
they, they you know, because practice makes perfect. No, like, no, you know, like if they want to get there, they got to try it out. Mm-hmm. But what's your advice to guys who are maybe not hitting the mark? Uh, the way I uh, and I just told this, I think it was like last week. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was just last week. I said, think about the stuff that you want to do. Try to sell a bitch out. Try it fifty, twenty times, ten times, fifty times. If you could do it, ten out of ten times, try it in a match. See how it happens. If not, kick that ego to the road and fucking think of something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the one thing. It's like I was saying, everybody tries to emulate certain wrestlers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think uh, at some point, a, a smart wrestler will come to the realization like, yeah, that don't look good. Yeah. You know, when they walk, watch their own stuff, and if they're, if they're really true to themselves, they'll be like, yeah, that looks like dog shit. So I probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, quick, so... In, uh, this probably sounds like speaking a of dog shit hops so, so, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hops Where's when you <laughs> how, how many years you've been in now three years now so when you first got in was there any kind of, is what what we're saying does that kind of make any sense to you like I had that stupid mindset because I was like that too when I was when I was brand new yeah I mean you get like overzealous you're like oh man you know you start watching matches and then you're studying as well and you're like you know I think I could do like a variation of it I don't think I always tried to like emulate it because like then people are just like Oh, he does like the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the beauty of wrestling is that you can, if you do try to emulate it, you can put in your own flavor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's what I try to instill. And I think Benny was already, he already can see that and was just like, hey, like do it in this sort of fashion, you know. So he kind of like was the roadblock, you know, helping me like not go down that route, you know. Good idea. So I was, I, and I was that guy too. Like, you know, like you were talking about, how do I talk to this guy? Yeah. I'm, I'm that guy, but like, look like shit. But, this is what you did good, and this is what you could do better. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, uh, it is funny because every wrestler goes through it, and, you know, there's certain little – like, I, I think every wrestler might go through a Johnny Saints phase. No, yeah. As soon as you see yeah. a, a young wrestler, when you see Johnny Saints and what he does with his British-style, yeah. uh, you know, world old, of sport. Old, all that shit. You're yeah. like, I got to learn how to do that. And then you realize, oh, shit, that ain't easy. And I look like an asshole. Nope. So you go, okay, well, maybe I'll just do an arm ringer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's it's something that a lot of younger wrestlers go through. And, you know, I, it's kind of weird, man, because I see a lot of stuff today where I'm just like, that's dog shit. Mm-hmm. But I, but fans love it. Mm-hmm. And But I also try to realize, like, I'm looking at it through a different pair of eyes. Yeah. You know, like, I'm looking at, like, I'm like, yeah, that guy can do, uh, you know, uh, some kind of flip or whatever it is. But yet the motherfucker's basics is, is dog shit. You know, basic fundamentals are dog shit. Because that, that gets bypassed a big lot, time. A lot. Days. And, then, and that's, the, that's the one thing, too, especially, you know, like with the tryouts that are happening at the Fed and mm. everything like that. They just want to know that you're coachable and they want to know that you have your basics down. Yep. And, and then the creativity can follow afterwards and see because they want to see if that you're coachable. First and foremost, be like, nah, I can't do nothing with this guy. Yeah. So they want to know that you're coachable and everything like that. I just think it's the people try to do too much or they put too much thought when it comes to putting a wrestling match together. Mm-hmm. And to me, once you get over that formula that we all know, and once you get through that formula, then the creativity can fucking happen. Yeah. But you have to you have to understand a formula like this. 
You know what I mean? You got to do it segment after segment. You got to understand, okay, about this, about that. And I always tell people, and this is for all the um, the younger guys that could be hearing this, once you understand the formula, you'll never get lost in the match. You never will. Because mm-hmm. all, all you got to remember is your shit. That's it. And, and, and what to take. You know what I mean? And people think too many transitions to get into something simple. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So two questions for you. One. Oh shit! How many? How many you had already? Just two. I, right. I went for that last one. Who wants another one? <laughs> um, one. Uh, you, you obviously you travel a fuck ton more than we do, mm-hmm. um, so you see a lot more. You get you get work for you know some better feds than we do, some better companies. <laughs> um, but uh, one, how much wrestling do you see? Like, what's the show where you're like, God damn, there was a lot of wrestling on this show? Like, where you're like. They were they were going at it in the ring, hold to hold, chain wrestling. Like that was legitimate wrestling. There was struggle happening. How often do you see that, or how uh, often does it go straight into spots? I mean, for me, oh man, I think when Ring of Honor, not recently when they did that pure title, uh, back, shout out to Rust. <laughs> let's get it rusty. Uh, by the way, he needs to be signed. Um, he should be. Is he not? I, I think he is. I, I don't know. I don't know anything, but if he is, it's about fucking time. Yeah. Uh, but um, before the peer tournament that just happened with Ring of Honor, when they were doing the peer tournament, like in, I think, mid-2000s, I think that was probably the time where you saw, like, wrestling. You know what I mean? And you had guys, like, uh, guys that people probably don't even know. I mean, you got you guys know about AJ Styles. You know about this and that, but you don't know a Jamie Noble. Some some might do. You Jamie, might not know. Jamie Noble was the shit. You know what I day. mean? You might not know a fucking um, a, a Chad Coyer. You might not know a fucking uh, 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 the cat from a Massachusetts, John Walter. You know what I mean? You won't know these guys. You know what I mean? And these were the guys. Alex Shelley. Everybody knows Alex Shelley now, but they didn't know him then. Like all, <laughs> but like all these guys. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the time frame. That I saw it. Oh shit! What? As a story, we'll tell you. After Inside you joke between like it's it's. it's you probably uh, you've probably heard it. I'll tell know. you after. All right, yeah, we don't need to put that on air. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Alex Shelley. It just it has to do with like a, a person talking about him. It was oh, so fair. You never heard an Alex Shelley story with Twisted? We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Well, I just wanted to pop to it. I know he listens to the podcast. I want to get his name. I love. Oh, that's my dude, bro. Yeah. Yo, have you ever had his barbecue? No. Dude, he used to fucking do like pitmaster shit. He would win barbecue things. Like he, what? Uh, uh, Todd. Todd, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here! I swear to God, he came to my house. No, we went to his house one time, and he has this secret rub. Mm. Oh my god! Be careful with that, dude. Yo, it is the best. (laughs) It's the best freaking um, ribs I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah. He used to he used to win barbecue uh, competitions. I was Todd was like my best friend when I first started in wrestling for like six seven years. Uh-huh. I didn't know the guy could cook. Oh, dude, he, he uh, barbecue. Well, I didn't know he could barbecue. There you go. Never <laughs> no. offered me ribs. Never yeah. offered he me steak. Cook. Never offered no, me I'm shit. I'm dead serious. He does that. Thanks for nothing, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're on we're on the idea or we're on the topic. That was question one. Oh, oh, oh sorry, yeah, two questions. Sorry, <laughs> question two. Before I, I'll forget, I'm about to have another beer. I won't remember. Oh, that. let's go! I'm a dad, guys. Uh, I brother, I'm a, I'm a dad too. You know how rad it, what? I have a stepdaughter, man. Yeah. She's 17. I'm scared shitless. Oh Jesus Christ! Have another. <laughs> you need that beer, little brother. <laughs> um, 
yeah, anything more than a two beer night for me, and I'm blackout. Oh, fair, that's fair. <laughs> so, so, uh, so my other question is, where do you think wrestling is going? Because we were just talking about <clears throat> how shit looks over choreo. You're like, it kind of looks sloppy. I'm like, it looks over choreographed. When's the last time you saw real wrestling? You're like the mid 2000s. It's mm-hmm. fucking 2020, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, what it what, like? You know, you're talking about Kingston. What AEW is doing? You've got comedy guys. You've got guys that fucking go. I think AEW signed. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. this is a good question. Mm-hmm. This is a good because I think I answered it a few weeks ago on the podcast, and with this, what you know, what we've been talking about. I think we're going to start going away from high spots. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the fans want to start seeing more legitimacy okay. uh, in the ring. Hard hitting. I got you. Action. Okay. Maybe even going backwards a little bit. Like like that, whole, like Stan Hansen, okay. Loser Roadie style back in the day. That's what I was thinking. I like, got you. We might see that because people want to see that shit. You know, no, they're tired you of seeing this? the choreographed stuff. I got you. So what you guys are talking about and where you think it's going to be going, that's been an independent level for years. Yeah. For fucking years. So, like, my my whole big thing is, like, oh, the strong style's hot. The realism's hot. Uh, then it's dropping, dropping. Then athleticism and high spots happen. Oh, it's dropping, dropping. Oh, shit, let's combine them together. Oh, it's hot, 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 hot. Um, the way that I see things right now, especially with like Corona and, 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 and all the rest of that shit, the COVID and everything, the one thing that I've noticed is that it's back to Carney. It's back to Carney shit because all the shows are outside. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm like, no, I'm dead, you're, you're right. No, I'm dead serious. It's back to when wrestling was a carnival. Yeah. Like it was a Carney attraction. Everything's on, uh, everything is outside. Uh, you can only have a certain amount of uh, a limit uh, minimum. Um, you have your vendors and everything like that, and it's going to start at that level again. And then, as wrestlers and hopefully the business keeps transcending, it's going to go back to the indie level. Like right now, music. it's not indies. The East Coast is about to get fucked because they're about to get hit with that cold weather. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. they're going to do. It, that's that's the thing. Uh, I just uh, I just saw the GCW. Shout out to Brett, by the way. The uh, GCW just has something over at Atlantic City, and they finally were able to get in the venue. You know what I mean? And but like when the East Coast and all that shit happens and everything like that, mind you, we don't know what the the mandates are going to be for. Uh, inside venues and blah blah this and everything nobody knows but I say wear a mask and pack the house you if you're all wearing that. a mask pack the house I'll you, shit. you would think that I would think you would they're think doing that. it in Japan it's working you would think that you know what I mean um, and, and that's what everybody fucking wants but truth be told it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen until next year and I'm talking like mid next year you know what I mean uh, going back to what I was saying it's, it's basically a carny attraction now you know what I mean? But the good thing about the indies is that all the indie fans that used to go to all these shows are fucking, they are jonesing for live professional wrestling. You know what I mean? They're fucking jonesing. So they would come to these, uh, they would come to these carny attractions that's happening now. You know what I mean? Because of everything like that. The thing is, is that as wrestlers, as promoters, or anything of that nature, you're going to be uh, you're going to be impatient, and you can't you can't do that, especially not in these times. So if you get over and you weather this storm that's happening now, wrestling will be on the up and up again because that's what it fucking does. Well, what's crazy is the beginning of this thing. I was like, there's no point in doing shit right now. You think that, yeah? 
so many guys have prospered from this. So many guys getting signed. So many guys getting out there on four or five, mul multiple levels. You know, like big companies getting their shit out there, getting their shit in, and I'm and I'm blown away. You know, I don't know if it's that extra effort or whatever it is, but it's incredible to think that in a time where wrestling is almost non-existent in in, in at least on the West Coast, mm -hmm. guys are making it happen. So when it comes down to opportunities and everything of that nature, uh, I know maybe two or three guys that's got signed by major got signed by major guys that they were already on the radar for one or two years. Um, I also know that it's also the resources that you have in a company that gets you there as well. Um, and that's the one thing that's happening nowadays um, because I used to be uh, I used to frown on this I don't frown on it no more because I've actually done it so it kind of makes me sound like a hypocrite but um, you know a lot of guys are flying themselves out everywhere uh, because they understand that there's no money in indie wrestling right now you know what I mean there's nothing like that but opportunities are there so they would think of the opportunity rather than getting, getting, you know, getting paid a certain amount and everything like that. So when I was getting flown out, uh, uh, or I flew myself out once, and ever since then I started getting flown out. But then I realized, fuck, dude, like why did I tell people not to fly themselves out? Because I because that's when wrestling to me was a job. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Like when once you under like once you get over that hump that wrestling's not a job for you because like I was I was getting paid a good amount of money dude and I was getting flown out places this and that and everything like that and it be, it became a job for me and I was thinking like I was doing taxes I was fucking doing this doing that it didn't it wasn't fun for me anymore so when I got over that hump I was like fuck why am I taking this so fucking serious why am I taking myself serious. That's when everything just started kind of like domino affecting positively, you know, like people, but sorry, I got fucking ranting and shit like that. But like people that are paying their way out and everything like that, it gives them more opportunity. You know what I mean? And when, when I was growing up in the business, maybe like five or no, like maybe 10 years in or something like that, I would say, don't fly yourself out. Don't do that. You're, you're devaluing, devaluing yourself. And then I realized, fuck, I'm wrong in this, dude. Like, fucking fly yourself out. Get the fucking opportunity. If you can afford it, fucking do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard some older older cats talk about not flying yourself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And when you start to really think about it, it's like, well, let's say I have a day job that pays pretty fucking well, right? And I have the ability to do that. Yeah. And you know what? Me flying myself over to this area... Um, might give me an opportunity to break into that area. Yeah, why fucking not? Exactly. Why fucking not? exactly? It's like it's like this. This is kind of like an off podcast conversation that we've had. But I had a uh, a job opportunity come up recently. Uh huh. Where the pay was like eighty five k base. You better fucking take it. And it was out in it was out in Texas. Right? Okay. And I lied to him. I'm like, oh, I'll be out there anyway. I'll fucking. I'll, I'll be, yeah. I, I, I'm out there. My family's out there. So I flew myself out there. This Goddamn like, right. This was like two weeks ago. Yeah. I flew myself. It didn't work out. But oh, I'm like, fuck. If it worked out, I'm Damn, out. We got to keep. He's got to be here now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> if that worked out, I'm out, what, 500 bucks for a hotel and flight? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit? But yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I remember coming up, same thing like you said. Yeah. Vets are like, fuck you, fly yourself out. What's wrong yeah. with you? 
we can, would, I, we would legit look down on people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At that time, at that time, you know and, what I mean. And I can think of like three or four guys. That if I after the podcast, I'll yeah. bring up to you, and they made it. I yeah, mean, they got the contract. 100%. They got the bag of money. Yeah. at the end of the day, and it's like, <laughs> you know, what the yeah. fuck do you know? How many times do vets get proven wrong, or or guys that are sour? I, I, I don't see, see. This is the thing. It's like everybody says that vets get proven wrong, or like they're sour on shit. Like uh, for myself, I've made a lot of mistakes uh, that I probably uh, I know for a fact that I could have got opportunities with, but. Um, I don't blame anybody but uh, but myself and everything because of the mistakes that I've made. Um, but I never had a mentor. I legit had no mentors that were in wrestling. I learned it by myself, being on the road by myself. I would drive myself everywhere. Um, I would hang out with the wrong people. Uh, I would pick up bad habits, you know, shit like that. And the reason why is because I didn't have a mentor. I never did. And I, it could be just one of those things, but like, oh, just, look at this guy, blah, 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 and just leave me alone, and they would go somewhere else. But, like, I grew up in the business not having a mentor, and that's something that can't happen nowadays. It can't. It, because, like, if that happens, you're, you're, you're fucking yourself over. You, 100%, you know? That is something that, like, you hear a lot of, like, the, uh, the really old-school cats talking about, like, the car rides, right? Yeah. You got the one vet. Or the two vets in the car. You mm-hmm. got the, the, the younger guys in the mm-hmm. back. And they're just... That's where they were learning, right? Yeah. On the car rides. Yep. And I don't know if that really happens that much nowadays. I think... I think... So, nowadays when people go into car rides, they're just, they're just trying to listen to stories. A lot of people... I know this sounds weird, but a lot of people are very intimidated to ask for advice. Yeah. They're very intimidated because they think that you're just going to fuck with them, blah, blah, this, and everything like that. Bottom line is like if you want to be a mentor to somebody like I like you know like I like any like I don't know if you had a mentor I don't know if you did but like I never had that opportunity at all mm-hmm. you know what I mean I learned everything on my own I was gonna say we've, we've said this on the podcast before but um, as much as wrestling takes from you yeah time relationships yeah. money your body whatever um, like for me it's always given back anytime I've asked everyone has given back anytime I've asked mm-hmm. you know what I mean in like in the amount that I wouldn't even you know, I, I've said this before but there was a time uh, on West Coast very early on and TJ was on a show mm-hmm. and TJ was I don't know what he did he just did something super hot and he was you know on fire at the time mm-hmm. and I was like hey man um, you know would you this is just one example of many mm-hmm. many um, but I was like hey would you mind looking at my match Send him a, I think it was like a Facebook message or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love some critiques and, you know, anything you can offer. I, I appreciate it. You know, whatever. All the nice stuff. And I didn't hear anything for like a week. I'm like, all right, blew me off. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a message one day and it was like, yeah, 10 yep. paragraphs of like breakdowns with the match, with timestamps yep. from the match from YouTube with, I would have done this or this was great or, you know, you need to work on this. And I was like blown away. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This guy took the time not only to respond to me, but to watch the match in mm-hmm. full, pause it, give critiques and criticism through the whole But not just him, but there's been several names mm-hmm. like that people would recognize throughout wrestling where it's like anytime I've asked, they've given back. If I shook their hand one time in a locker room and happened yeah. to ask them a question afterwards, they, they answered. If they got signed somewhere and I saw them 
you know, in that arena or whatever and ask them questions. They made sure to introduce me to people or whatever yeah, the case was. Yeah. Where if, I, if they couldn't answer it, they'd introduce me to someone who could. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in a car ride, whatever, you were saying people are afraid to ask. Yeah. I think especially in wrestling. You can't be. In my, in, you know, outside of wrestling, it's been very different for me if I've asked yeah. for help. It's people trying to stay on top. In wrestling, I've, people have always been gracious and, and wanted to help when I asked. I think it's also one of those things, too, because, like, you were you were asking for it and you wanted that mentorship. Right. You see what I mean? So, like, it was, I wouldn't say that it was given to you, but, like, you asked for it. Uh, for myself, because I didn't have that mentor, I had nobody to fucking talk to. Or, like, you know, a couple of vets that I did talk to that were remain late, uh, nameless just kind of shot me off like I was fucking stupid. You know what I mean? So, it's... I always say, like, if you're going to be involved in wrestling and you're starting to make the drives, or even if you're training, like, be like, oh, I want, like, like think about who you want a mentor around you and stick with that guy. But the crazy thing is, you could almost fucking Babe Ruth call your shots. Like, if they're not a piece of shit, which there's, yeah. been, few, there's been very few guys in, that I've met in wrestling where they, you know, I'm like, oh, that guy's a big piece of shit. I don't uh-huh. want anything to do with that person. Mm-hmm. Like you could ask, call your shots. Even even guys, you know, I've seen people online all the time where they ask someone that is across the country a name, yeah, and they answer, or they'll go on a big Twitter diatribe. I talked about this, this, and they post screenshots and shit. I'm like, holy shit, no, you know, for something where people are afraid to lose their spot in the company, no. Um, obviously, you know, you get to a certain level, you're not losing your spot. You know, you're not losing your spot. Maybe yeah. that's where the confidence comes in. I don't know if it's always there, but he's drunk. All right, I got it. so <laughs> there's a devil up. Hops, um, we're talking about like younger cats asking for <laughs> advice, right? Kind of a scary thing, a little bit when you're you know younger and you approach somebody that has some experience, maybe a name behind them, right? Have you ever have, have you have you had pretty good experiences about asking for um, advice or you know I never like directly approach any of the vets, but I've had like a couple. Um, situations where I'm I'd done a match and then one of the vets comes up to me and he's like hey you know like I really like that that spot you did and and then they're like you know there's a different way you know you maybe transitions like they really like the ones that approach you and they help you out mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that they take the time because you know if I'm on a card somewhere and they're their matches later on and they actually watch your match and like give you feedback and yeah. still have to do their match like that goes a long way yeah like that i really appreciate vets who who do that for me and it's happened a couple of times like jeff cobb um uh kazarni um there's a couple other names out there but yeah i really appreciate the vets that really take the time to like study you and and give you and give you advice yeah when, when they don't have to kazarni you know? um sin Bodhi. For anybody who's wondering, he, he's one of the best. <laughs> like he's one of the like literally he will. I, I, I've told plenty. Of, I've said it plenty of times on this podcast. Like he's a, one of the guy that will literally, if you ask him to watch your match, and even if that if you don't, he he, he watches match. He, he will give you so much advice. It's like yeah. an overload mm-hmm. of like advice. Yeah. But as long as you pick something, one or two things, three things. Whatever you can get out of it, you're just like that was awesome, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. He, so he, because Arnie sat with me for like, we were in. The, I think we were. It was in. It was in uh, El Centro, and we sat in the parking lot. He, he was sitting there for. We talked for like ten minutes about the match, and he he was like the next match after, um, uh, like he was uh, in Gorilla basically, and he uh-huh. he sat there talking. I mean, instead of going over his match, he just 
gave me feedback on my match. Yeah, that was really awesome. But that is like, you know, there's some some cats out there that say like, oh, they don't want like unsolicited advice, you know. And it's like, take any take advice it, you yeah. can, yeah, you absolutely. know. And even if it's like somebody who who's been in the business for X amount of time, but like, you know, let's let's be honest, maybe a little garbage, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they might have one little nugget for you. One little fucking nugget for you. And you know what? Let's say you you get unsolicited advice from somebody and you know in your head, like, this is bullshit what he's telling me. But at least thank the person for, like, trying to give you advice, right? You don't Just because he gave you advice doesn't mean you have to fucking take it. You know, you take it. You say, hey, thank you very much for watching my match. Thank you for, you know, that advice. Mm -hmm. And then go on about your business, you know? Like, maybe it is dog shit. Mm -hmm. But at least thank the person for taking the time to do that. I always say, like, uh, when you're a young guy or or anything of that nature, like, um, you're always looking for advice. And you're looking for that gold. You know what I mean? And it's just like you said, he might have like a fucking big old handful of gold, but you might just have that little nugget that yeah. will stick with you. Yeah, I so. think I think a good wrestler should take any criticism they can get. No, I agree. good yeah. or bad, you know. And yeah. I think that's what it goes back to. You know, WWE and what they're looking for. Like, yeah. you're coachable at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. respect all critiques you're given and yeah. utilize it. I think that's the one problem is a lot of people don't want the critiques. They don't want the criticism. They want yeah. what did I do good? Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, play with my balls a little bit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like whenever I, you know, I, I've got uh, advice or criticism. We're like, like, yeah, tell me what I've done wrong. Yeah, tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, like that's really what I care about. Mm-hmm. Is tell me what you think I can improve on. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tell me that my fucking moonsault looked good. Yeah, well, fucker, I know it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that, Mike. Good. I think it, we talked about this this weekend too. Is like for some reason in wrestling there is an unhealthy number of people with like mental problems or, oh, yeah. or me- mental health problems, you oh, know? Yeah. And, and, I, and maybe that's what attracts them to the business in the first okay. place is they yeah. need some type of validation or, uh, you know, to be in front of a crowd or whatever it is, right? They need that competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's multiple levels of competition. Or, and, or they just feel underappreciated in life in general. Right, exactly. Like, so for whatever reason, there's so many people drawn to wrestling that yeah. have mental health issues. And, I mean, how how many times have you met someone in wrestling where they're their own worst critic? They come back for a match. I don't want to fucking talk about it, man. Like, give me, give me give me five minutes. Give me ten minutes. I don't want to talk about this shit. And then you talk about like, or even fans, right? We've talked about this. Fans after the show, like, holy shit, man, great match. And you're like, Jesus Christ, bro, you thought that was a great match? <laughs> you know I mean? You're like, I'm so fucking. I'd give you my money. Shit, I'd give you your money back if I could. Like that match was shit. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, so not, not to bring it down though, but like, uh, like I'm one of those guys. I have mental problems. I, I do. I legit do. Like I was, uh, I'm borderline bipolar. I'm fucking like, um, I was manic depressive when I was younger and everything like that. You know what I mean? And wrestling kind of gave me that outlet. You know what I mean? Mind you, uh, <laughs> that's when I didn't realize that wrestling was more a mental aspect than it is physical. Oh, so, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's why, like, to this day, I'm still trying to just figure things out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what I think, uh, if I can clarify to the fans, mm-hmm. what you just said right there, mm-hmm. where it's more mental than physical, right? Yeah. What Benny's trying to say is, and I, I noticed this too as a wrestler, like, we are constantly thinking about wrestling. No, hands down. Wrestling is always in my head. Yeah. 
basically it's always in my fucking head when when in real life you try to understand real life situations and you think about wrestling yeah to understand <laughs> yeah. the real life that's yeah. when you can that's when you're entirely too consumed so when you when you see a wrestler walking around like we're always constantly thinking about wrestling what we should be doing a spot character promo blah 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 uh goals all that kind of stuff physically we're in the ring for 10 minutes mm -hmm. uh on a friday night or a saturday night you know it, the wrestling business the, the 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 least amount of thing you do in the wrestling business is wrestle mm -hmm. everything else is traveling training you know uh handling business like that but the actual act of wrestling yeah it's physically like performing minutes. in front of a well, crowd yeah. is very is is is, is the, is the <laughs> least amount you well, do. Well, you yeah. go, oh shit, I got paid two hundred dollars for fifteen minutes of the ring tonight, and then you go, uh, it was a six-hour drive here. <laughs> yeah. It was a six-hour drive exactly. home, and uh, I fucking rock hit my window on the way home. I got my window replaced. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah. like, I got, <laughs> I got a. So my, my trainer, uh -huh. Nestor, a.k.a. SoCal Crazy, who you had a hand in training, right? Yeah, yeah. I got him a booking, uh, him and Dev and a few other cats at a bar. Uh -huh. And it was for a... Um, of course it was at a bar. It was for a uh, Cinco de Mayo, right? Of course it was. No wrestling ring. Uh, they put down mats for you, right? Bro, Dev? this was the shoddiest shit I've ever seen. It so was they, so funny. They hit me up and they go, hey, can you find us some wrestlers? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm booked up north. I, I was booked up at WCWC uh -huh. that weekend. So I was like, I'll find you wrestlers. And so I found I, I hit up Dev. Best booking I ever had. I hit up Dev. I hit up a Dead serious. A few other cats. Uh -huh. I go, listen, and actually I don't I don't I think I faved Dev on the on the on the on the booking. <laughs> um, they Kid was there. There was no ring there. They put down mats and I think mm -hmm. they put up like little makeshift ropes, right? Around like No. Oh, they, they didn't put even do up that. Caution tape. <laughs> okay, they put up caution tape. <laughs> so I think Idol was there. Yeah, there's a lot of cats there. And um so uh, it was a lucha. It was a lucha event, right? So fucking my trainer, SoCal Crazy, is a luchador. I'll get him booked. Anyways, uh, they paid pretty good. I think it was two hundred dollars a person. Pretty good. So Nestor, my SoCal Crazy, ends up like, I think he like popped a tire or something like that. Yeah. His whole booking fee, or his pay, his payout mm -hmm. went towards the the, the <laughs> cost. No, get this. Tell me this isn't the best booking ever. It was two. I'm almost positive it was two hundred dollars a person. Okay, the matches you had to do like three matches, but the matches were like three minutes to five minutes. Right? There was no ring, so you were taped <laughs> off in the middle of an eating area with fucking caution tape. They threw down one, one wrestling mat, one blue <laughs> wrestling mat on the ground. You couldn't even work on it because it was slipping and sliding all over the place. So like. The shit we were doing. And of course, like, Nestor's like, hey, dude, I want you to slam me here, and I want you to take this. I'm like, of course. fuck you, bro. Brother, brother. I'm not slamming you on there. I'm not taking a move on there. So, like, it was a lot of, like, chopping by tables <laughs> and shit like that. Um, Easy You day. know, slamming a head next to someone who's drinking a margarita next to you. But um, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just the payday. After that... He's like, hey, drinks. You got drinks for, you know, drinks and a meal, I think it was. And it wasn't even like drinks and a meal. It was like for your table. And like, I went with my wife and we had a couple that went with us. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, drink. Hey, babe, I think drinks are covered. Like, do you want a margarita or something? She's like, yeah, I'll get a margarita. I got a margarita. And they had already ordered food for the table, uh -huh. like before. So when I came back, there's like food and shit. And then like it came time to check out. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. I'm like, 
how much how much do we owe? You're like, no, you you guys are good, good, good to go. Oh, <laughs> oh, VIP you know what that's oh, called? Please. Being sponsored. Yeah. Exactly, it's, but bro, shout out to uh, Backyard Kitchen and Tap. Oh and fuck Pacific yeah, Beach. <laughs> fuck yeah, they were the shit. But like, you know what's so funny is, um, it's not funny. It's actually sad. <laughs> but like. <laughs> bars and restaurants and like venues that pay for music understand you know what entertainment brings to the table oh that person's gonna sit here another 20 minutes and they'll buy one more drink right if i have 10 tables in this area they're gonna stay another 20 minutes you average one more drink per table uh and we're selling these margaritas at 12 dollars a pop that's another you know whatever the fuck it was 150 bucks for that so like these people who understand business, I understand that the way that works. Like, it's sad that for wrestling events, you know, some of the things that you hear about or guys working for nothing mm-hmm. or guys working for 20 bucks or guys working for a T-shirt or like, mm-hmm. hey, come up early, set up the ring, and like, maybe I'll get you a but match. But it's like dudes, though, man. Like, you know how, like, because you're talking, like, this is what I always tell people. Like, guys that are young and stuff like that, they expect to be paid $100, $200, blah, blah, this and everything like that. It's... It's not like that, dude. Like I, I, like I'm a firm believer in in covering trans or something like that, and and everything like that because that's what happened with me. I didn't get paid for like four years, you know what I mean? Like, and then a lot, of, and then when I started to make, like, if you have a name for yourself and you have that value and everything like that, I can understand asking the money, you know. But just going into something thinking you're just gonna get paid. Um, there's two trains of thoughts like one oh i already paid all this money for like wrestling school and stuff like that i need to get my money back the other one is oh i have a high value but i really don't and i'm still gonna try to work this fucking promoter to get more paid you know what i mean what's your thought of asking a wrestler if their booking fee is gonna bring in that much of an audience so let's say let's say you ask you know let's say someone asks someone for 200 bucks right Mm mm-hmm and the the fee for the to get in the 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 ticket price is ten dollars a ticket. Okay. What's your thought of being like, okay, ten dollars a ticket? You want two hundred? Are you, are you gonna bring in twenty people? What's your thought on that? I think that's I think that really depends on a promoter just and and that talent working with each other, if that makes any sense. I think it's that promoter and that wrestler talk. I think. But your promoter, would you ever book someone and be like, oh, that's your fee? Okay. So you're gonna put twenty asses in seats? I've never done that. Yeah, I. I, I will say <laughs> I have told people this though. I've said you ain't worth that. <laughs> I have told people that. Well, <laughs> and why it, you gotta it, air it, our dirty laundry? It, on it, the air but no, but up. the reason why I say it is just for the simple fact that like, you know, you got, I mean, you got fucking rookies that have been in it like a year, year and a half, saying, "Oh yeah, my fee's 150 bucks." And I'm like, yeah. no, it ain't. Well, here's the thing: when it when, no. when, when, when it all comes down, it's business. Yeah, right? that's what it really comes down. And to. does it sound rude for a promoter to say something like that to a to a uh, a wrestler? It's 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 kind of weird, but it's legitimate. It's a legitimate concern if you are somebody who's putting money in on a promotion, and you need asses in the seats, right? You guys watch Shark Tank, right? Yeah. When motherfuckers are asking for money from the, the sharks, they're like, well, show me what you fucking got, you know? And, and you see, see some people are like, oh, I, we kind of think it's going to be a, worth this amount of money. And Cuban's like, get the fuck out of here. You ain't no. fucking worth but, that shit. But it's my, business. It's we, business. I always say I, I, it's, there's a difference between being an amateur 
and a professional. You see what I mean? Like, if you understand your value, if you understand where you're getting doing this and everything like that, then there's there's a way of like being like, okay, yeah, we'll match. You yeah. know what I mean? Then there's an the amateur who really hasn't done anything. Maybe having some hype in a region. Yeah. And then they will demand. They won't ask. They'll demand a certain amount of money. And, you know, and it's just like, really, dude? Yeah. Like... Well, I feel like that's part of the dance for the most part, right? Like it is. It, it is. You're absolutely right. It's a part of the dance because, like, as a wrestler, what's our first and uh, what's our first instinct to work everybody? And it, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's our thing. And bad habits happen, and that's how you make money. You know? what, what's your thought about um, talking about pay with other wrestlers? I don't. Really? I, I don't. I don't. I uh, don't. Just for the simple fact. What'd you that, say, Mike? I don't. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I, I. I ask you and right and then i demand more <laughs> <laughs> i i don't i don't like talking about what i get paid unless un, unless it's a situation to where i feel someone's being taken advantage of you know what i mean well and it's not a good reason here, here's why. here's why in the real world in, in the real world right um in non-wrestling you're talking about like just a, a, a shoot job uh-huh they shy away from you don't want you to never talk about your salary you never talk about your pay you never talk about your pay yeah, but the problem is they negotiate just like wrestler no, promoter and wrestler. You know when you come on, um, and, and I've had this happen to me before where I was fucking killing at a show. This is back in the day mm -hmm. where I was slaying, and I brought on one of my homeboys. I'm like, oh, this guy's good. Mm -hmm. Let's get it, dude. You guys want him? He's very good. Mm -hmm. And um, it was mainly commission based. Got it. But the hourly, like they were just like, this is the hourly. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll make I'll make so much money here. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the hourly is. And my buddy came in. He's like, I'm not fucking working for that. Like, you got to give me, I got to make, and it was like $4 more an hour than me. And they gave it to him. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I've been working there for like six months. And he told me, he's like, yeah, that's what I make. I'm like, holy shit. It's the banter. How'd dude. you do that? He's like, I just asked for it. <laughs> and that's why, like, for me, like, I, I, I feel like half of wrestling, or at least backstage, right? Like, mm. with the guys is like, uh, you don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. That's not something you talk like what you said. Dude, I don't talk about it. And I'm like, if you don't talk about it, how's someone going to know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to say fuck anyone over. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you're talking about paying your dues, flying yourself in there, mm -hmm. flying yourself in, flying yourself in. Well, hey, I'm driving out from here. Maybe I'm driving 12 hours away. You hear about 12 guys who are driving 12 hours well, away. Like, with the train. dog, if you're driving 12 yeah. hours away, no, 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 no. Like, trust me. Like, do you see the just do me a favor. Look at the other names on the card. Okay. Do you see any names that you recognize? Yeah, I see this guy, this guy, this guy. This guy worked ROH. This guy worked Impact. This guy worked fucking WWE back in the day. Okay. Go ahead and ask for trans. <laughs> it's okay to ask for trans. Like, look at the card. Yeah. You see who's on it. Ask for trans. Like, it's okay to cover that shit. And that's something for me that, like, um, and it is just a small story. This yeah. is not – I'm trying not to make it sound bigger than it is. Um, but, like, Rick and I – my whole gimmick, the American Kaiju gimmick, was based off of me wrestling in Japan. I was there for literally one month. That was mm -hmm. fucking it, right? Um, best it, month Japan's ever seen. Best month Japan's <laughs> ever seen. You should have seen their stock market. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, when we were out there, uh, Nick Jackson was out there, the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. Matt uh, was here with his wife. They just had a kid. Mm -hmm. So Nick was out there by himself. And we were picking his, picking his brain. He was, he was getting sponsored dinners and was like, come with yep. me. Because we'd work yeah. shows with him plenty of times. He'd come with me. Like, holy shit, man. Thanks. And this goes back to, again, asking guys for advice and just reaching yeah. out to people. And, um, you know, he would take us on all, 
a couple different sponsor dinners and ask answer any questions that we had. Um, and at the time, he was negotiating with Dragon Gate. No, he was negotiating. He was with was in New Japan. He was in New Japan. I got it. He had an offer from WWE, and they had offers from Ring of Honor. Yep. And he was giving us the full numbers, and he's yep. like, you know, this is what they're saying. Like on, I forget who was reporting. One of the dirt sheets was reporting on mm-hmm. it. He's like, that's bullshit. This is what they're offering. He's like, he's like, this is why I'm telling you, because this is so you know what you can make. I'm telling you so you understand what's available to you. Like, I'm not telling yeah, you to brag. Yeah, there's two trains of thoughts. I'm, I'm not telling you to brag. I'm not telling you to, like, you know, fucking shine on you or anything. I'm telling you so you understand the kind of money that you can make and the kind of money that's being offered and, like, mm-hmm. what your value is. Find your value and make sure you ask for your value because this company has you know very little money behind them or, mm-hmm. or you know much less money behind them but they're offering this mm-hmm. and i don't have to be exclusive or whatever the case exactly. is we all know what i'm talking about yeah um but it was like very eye-opening and ever since that conversation i've never shied away from a money conversation because it's like i think i think when it comes down to like money conversation you're having like a, a talk with a promoter as as wrestlers you always try to shoot high yeah and that's just the way it works. Shoot for the stars, right? Yeah, you. I mean, you shoot high, and then you try to meet a middle ground. That's there, what it is. There does have to be a uh, a sense of self awareness. Like, no, agreed. And way, you got to understand where you kind of lay in the field too. Yeah, you know so, what I mean. Yeah, ask for a little bit more, and then the negotiation will bring you down to what you think you 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 deserve rightfully yeah. right or you get that high mark early on you go cool. yeah you go, oh shit that worked might as well bro we i mean we're carnies though yeah. we're and i learned that from <laughs> i'm not gonna mention his name on here but you guys know who i'm talking about but um but it, where he's like he's like yeah i don't want to work that promotion i asked for like you know x amount of money and they gave it to me so i was like all right i'll work your promotion <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but it's like I've, I've done that before i'm like i'm not fucking working that like what do you all right we want to use you what do you want i'm like I, I want this and they go okay and i go oh shit so here so here here's here's another like age-old question then so would you rather take a lot of money from a promotion that won't get you nowhere or would you rather take little money and to a promotion that could get you somewhere can i still work the other promotion yeah, there's no there's no <laughs> contract. Duty, there's no contracts. <laughs> there's no contracts. Uh, but you can oh, only okay. pick one. Well, let's 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 say, let's say that this will give it a more defined uh, question. What you're saying? Let's say Saturday night. Yeah. This Saturday night. This Saturday night. You have the opportunity to work at this promotion that's going to pay you two hundred bucks. Okay. Right. Uh, and then you have this promotion over here that's going to only give you twenty five. But yet, there's going to be some agents there from WWE or from MLW. Or okay. Kyocho. Plus, they have a pretty good. Uh, the audience is going to be bigger. Okay. They have TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both the same distance away. That, got it. That breaks it down a little bit more. Okay. Like, I got to. So go we're on an even playing field almost. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah, we know what we're doing. I'm going for the money. What? <laughs> He's lying. I need that quick Mike. cash. Mike, you need a tag partner? <laughs> Motherfucker. I'm 38. I ain't got time to waste. <laughs> it's just a train of thought. Hey, Mike. You know what I mean? I know from experience, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, got exactly six hours to waste. And that, you know what's funny is that's a, a legitimate, um, you know, because that happens. Yeah. Right? You have a, two promotions hits you up for the same date. Yeah. And they go, hey, one will give you this amount of money. It's a good amount of money, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's a shindy. Right, mm-hmm. which means a shit indie promotion, mm-hmm. or you go to this promotion that's a little bit more name recognized, less pay. You know, here's a, here's a perfect example. Would you rather work for somebody amateur or professional? Professional, 
Yeah. And then you already know your answer, what yeah. you guys would do. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, it's any young wrestlers out there, the smart answer on the. the and mind you, we probably sound like we're hypocriting is all of us. <laughs> probably. <laughs> take, oh, and we all have been at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go fuck, take the we're, promotion. We're all fucked up. Go take the promotion <laughs> with opportunities. That's it. Take the promotion with opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Right, right now, there's not a lot of opportunity out there. Of course not. There's not a lot of opportunity in general in the. But, I mean, oh, here we go. I got a question. Here we go for Hops. You know, like, he knows that there's not a lot of things happening in California. So him and Juan have been going to Vegas. Yes. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's getting them, it's getting them, you know, people, new people to work with. Obviously, it is a drive and everything like that and stuff like that. But he sees the opportunity. You see what I mean? Like, How, how, how do you feel about... Um, so in this world, in this micro... Are you asking me or are you asking him? I'm asking you. Fuck. In this micro... Well... No, I'm only asking you because right. you're a promoter as well. Uh-huh. So I don't this, like that in, term. In this, but yeah. in this <laughs> micro uh, managing, I guess. No, no micro economy Dose. or this. The, the, anyway, micro chasm. I don't know. Whatever. Um, testing versus no testing. How do you feel? Uh, so you're gonna testing, work hundred percent. So hey, you come out here. We're gonna pay you your rate, but no one's testing. We're not fucking enforcing that shit. Get out here. No, no. testing one hundred percent. Like uh, I mean, you guys. I mean, you guys know this. Like working here and stuff like that. Like you guys will not be on the show if you don't test. We put you guys over 100. percent I mean, the last shows we did for you. Yeah. You like guys like no. In like uh, people uh, people have their thing about COVID and shit like that. I've known a couple of people that has passed from COVID. So like it's legit. In my opinion, it might not be in yours. That's so weird. That it's like a political commentary. Like yeah. Is it real or not? No, like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like you know what I mean. Like especially with how the world is working right now and how everything's going on and the whole thing that we were talking about carnies and indies. Now it's back outside and yada yada. If you go inside and everything like that, the numbers are already in front of you. Was that within wrestling or no? With the people you know that have passed. From uh, I know one. Yeah. Was that recent? Um. Because there was a recent, there was a luchador in San Diego that passed um, away. Did you know him? What? Yeah, yeah. And, no, it was in it wasn't in San Diego. It was this guy in TJ? What are you talking about? It's a guy in TJ. Uh, he he took a chop. No, 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 oh, no, not no, that one. Oh, that, that wasn't COVID. That. No. no, 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 no. There was a uh, a wrestler. Yes, uh, uh, Black Demon. Yeah. Uh, in April of this year. Black what? Black Demon. I'm not. He sure died from COVID. Him. Yeah. Uh, COVID he? complications. Give me a second. I, yeah. yeah oh, was he black young black or no? He was a he was an older guy. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. The guy who took the chop that was uh pr- was it Prince something Prince yeah. uh, An- Principal An- An- something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember that right yeah. now. Yeah, that we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Where he took a chop was it a stroke or something? I I think he had like a regular heartbeat. You knew him or no? Uh, I might have had. I might have met him during passing. We're, it's so weird because we're talking about this, like, right? Like, you know, in wrestling, you know, especially, I guess, the last 10 years now, CTE has been a real yeah. issue where they talk about, no, you know, brain it. damage. Um, and it maybe only three years ago is when I started hearing about, like, heart scarring mm-hmm. and how, you know, heart stoppage and heart scarring was a yeah. thing. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, what can you we do? Gotta, we got to think about it like this. So, oh, sorry. Uh, you got to think about it like this, too, though. Um, when we take bumps, we learn how to take bumps and everything like that. What does it do? It calluses your back. It also scars up your tissue. The same thing with your chest. The same thing with this. Everything like that. So eventually, it was going to catch up to people that could be 
No, you were doing this. You're, you're pulling it away from your mouth every time you saw. Shh, don't tell him what I do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like it's it, it's bound to happen, I think, in my eyes. So uh, going back to the testing thing that we were talking about, um, you know, we have the shows that level up. Uh, Norris has, um, you know, Counter Pro and stuff like that. And it, it helps because uh, another owner of Level Up is a nurse. You know what I mean? And she's very tight with the CDC, very tight with everything else. So we understand uh, what we need to do to not only protect our wrestlers, but protect our fans and protect yourself. So uh, I don't think anybody should be running um, unless you have all your workers and your staff and your production, all that test for one. And I also feel um, that, you know, the temp checks are good. And then every fan, every fan needs to be, uh, they need to have temperature. So, like, let's think about it like this. Let's say you're running an outside show and there's three and you're expected 300 people to be there and everything like that. Well, that means you got to tell your fans to be there almost three hours in advance. You know what I mean? To yeah. take to take the temps, go inside and shit like that. Proper so the exactly. Yeah. Unless so you that's have why like these five little guys shows, taking temperatures or some shit like that. You know that. what I mean? But that's why you need these little shows that are less than a hundred people. This is uh, to me, these little shows that are having that are having a hundred people or less is what's keeping indie wrestling alive, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. What's weird is they talk about the. Uh, was it the flu of 1918 or some shit like that? The pandemic of 1918? Uh, the Spanish, Spanish, Spanish flu. Spanish flu, right? Spanish flu. I had never looked into it, but what did boxing do in 1918? Did they shut down for the year? Because I think pro wrestling took, started in like the 1920s, right? Around there, yeah. For the most part. So, yeah. so 198, I'm, I'm just curious what boxing did. Did they take the year off in 1918? Well, Google the song, dude. I don't know, man. Um, we got to move on to questions. We oh, have a question. Can I go pee first? Goddamn. Yeah, you can go take a piss. That's right. There's just we have one came in that's pretty easy. All right, Adam, you've been very silent this episode. Adam, NPA, not and, producer uh, Adam. You need to you need to do your job now and, and read off the the questions from the listener. That's well, one question. Excellent. Uh, oh, it's only one question. Love one. Come on, guys, get it together. I know people listen. Just ask <laughs> questions, even if you think it's stupid. Just ask a question. This one is from. Instagram, just Jarek. Hey, Hogsman, you've had a lot of conversations about making sure you don't take unnecessary injuries and also what it takes to be considered one of the greats. So assuming that money and health aren't an issue, I was wondering in an either or situation, would you rather have a short career but be considered one of the greatest of all time, but maybe you feel like you could have done more or have a long lasting career where you know you did everything you could, but no one gives you the recognition you deserve or remembers what you did thanks and hope you're all doing well yeah I'm gonna, really you, uh, I'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you i'll take off. long lasting dude i don't want to be i don't want to be a dynamite kid so you want long lasting oh fucking dynamite kid was on fire was the man burned out and was crippled right like mm -hmm. i don't want to be that guy I, I i got a kid i don't want to be that fucking guy i love my kid i know some people have a kid yeah. and they're just like eh, it's my kid whatever like I fucking my kid is my life. Mm. Like I have to be there for my kid. So to have a short career, that means something fucked up. You didn't go to you didn't go to the top. You weren't like Hogan and you flamed out. You're like, ah, I was Hogan and I said fuck it. Yeah. You know, no one was Hogan and said fuck it. Something happened. Right. So I'll take the long lasting career. I'll be a long time jobber or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like you look at guys that have been around 
the WWE for what we look. So at you don't want to be the Rock. He had a long career. He had like a six-year no. career. I tell you the truth, if you look at it, he, he came had, back multiple times. But real life, he had a cup of coffee. He wrestled regularly from like '97 to 2004, and then was gone, and then had like two more matches. So he really didn't wrestle for that long. Well, I've already I've already been in twice that, and then some. So, <laughs> all right, Benny, you want to take you want to take a stab at this question? Oh, that's very simple. How long have I been doing this? Twenty-two years. That should answer it. You, you you like the longevity part? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I look at it as kind of, and we, we just brought that up, right? The Rock, like you, if you look like legitimately like full time, kind of a short career. Same thing with Stone Cold. Stone Cold, thirteen years. Yeah. Like if you think about like what he did, and you and and I mean he was probably in for as as Stone Cold. Yeah, exactly. Because he's been working a long time, too. But no, th- 13 years is, was his career. No, it was... Yeah, no, total. No, man. 13 years. Total. What the fuck? Yeah, really? it's years. bullshit. It's fucked up, man. And you think about it, he didn't... So I, I'm guessing about his seventh year is when he probably started doing Popped the Stone off. Cold gimmick, right? And and really caught fire. And then he got out. How long have you been in, Mike? Seven years. So I, See, should, I should basically be Stone Cold right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, that depends, man. I, I, here's... Go ahead, go ahead and answer. Here's, because here's, I got, my, here's like my answer. I would probably rebuttal. rather take the short career that meant a lot. Bec- and I, and I'm, I'm using this analogy. Uh, just this past weekend, Anderson Silva fought, right? Got it. In the uh, I know exactly. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. He lost to uh, Uriah. So His leg fell off again? No. Oh, At one point in Anderson Silva's career, he was the greatest. Yeah. I mean, we, you and I watched mm-hmm. it. Dev, I don't know if you saw it. You cats, I don't know if you saw it. But he came into the UFC with not a name behind him. He mm-hmm. went in there and mopped the floor with a guy named Chris Levin, immediately got a title shot, mopped the floor nine, with the champion. I think it was like nine straight fights or something like he that. He ended up defending that title eight times. A lot. Something like that. A lot of times. He was untouchable. Now, then he, he eventually lost the title, and then since then he had he's had nine fights. He won one fight out of those nine fights. Now, does that tarnish his career? No. Eh, I mean, it depends a little bit. Like if you, if it's, it's the way how you how you thinking. Though. If you're looking for like a greatest of all time uh, title, you know, uh, I would think which he is would fake be to me. I think he would be. So because so, nobody because nobody can match his uh, title defenses. Yeah, you can. John Jones. Oh, that's right. And then that's can, right. And so the thing is, can you stay in the game too long after you've already probably hit your stride? Possibly. Um, I'd rather be the guy that said I got out early when I was on top and I can maybe transition into something else. Um, and this is, this is kind of a fucked up thing right here. Right. And, and the undertaker is one of the greatest of all time, right? 100%. When he lost to Roman reigns, was it? And he put down all the, uh, the hat and the jacket and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you were like, Oh, okay. I, I guess he's done respectable. He went out on his back. Excellent. And then he came back and, Obviously, it, it, it mm-hmm. didn't go as well, mm-hmm. right? And I think I would rather get out early and be on top. And maybe they go, oh, well, I, I still had a little bit in the tank. Maybe there was something. But you know what? I can live, if, if I'm content with how my career went and maybe I moved on to something else that had you know potential to, to keep... Uh, like like a podcast host. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think I'd rather choose the short that had a lot of memorable moments and, okay. and all I got that you. kind of stuff. So I, actually, before you answer that, I got a question for you. Okay. Just to rebut that. Okay. So would you rather have had 
Undertaker's career or would you rather have The Rock's career? I'd take The Rock's career. I'm going to take The Rock. Like, are we talking like straight up? Are we talking about his wrestling career or are we talking about like the whole thing? And, are you so, talking about like being John Malkovich where you're that per- you have that exact career? Yeah. I'd take The Rock's. No per- no questions asked. Okay. So the reason why you would take The Rock's is because you, uh, like what you were saying, um, the reason why you would take it is because he's at the top of his career and he has something to fall back on. Undertaker yeah. don't. Yeah. So what's the difference? Would you rather take that longevity and be guaranteed that career and guarantee that money afterwards? Or would you be the rock and go into something different that could possibly um, match what you were making? My guess is the rock made more in three years than the undertaker made in probably the last 10. I'd say at the Rock's peak, he probably made more in three years than the Undertaker. Even, in, in, even it's, you, it's a good question. Even if it you is. include his one-off matches with John Cena, what's up, Hops? It's uh, no, oh, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's like a, it's a legit, really good question. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. See the way I read that, I didn't read it like you were going out of your terms. I I just thought it was like you either get a hot career, like a real quick career. Or I mean but no, but if you compare it, that's great. If you compare it to the no, because that's what it is. Undertaker, or that's basically what it is. Rock or Undertaker. No, because Undertaker was on the top of his game. He's world champion several times. I took it as like, maybe you're like a Chavo Guerrero. You know what I mean? I love Chavo. Yeah, Chavo had a great career. But Chavo was never world champion. Chavo was never leading you know, a company for the most part. So you, you had all these years, maybe you're a cruiserweight champion, you're a lightweight champion, you're a tag team champion, European, intercontinental. Title so mean you, shit. You were never, you were never, you know, go ahead. With <laughs> I it. think the question was more of like, do you want to be looked at as a huge star that only worked exactly. a couple of years? Or do you want to be looked at as people still talk about guys like, oh, that guy could fucking work. That guy could I'll break in it the down. ring. I'll break it down. You talked about Rip Rogers, right? Right. He's literally legitimately one of the greatest of all times, job-wise, right? But mm-hmm. nobody's really going to know who he was. Right. The mm-hmm. boys, the boys will know who Rip Rogers is. I don't care about that. But the fans won't won't know as much, right? No. Nah, Hold care. on, real fast, Mike. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's yeah. Start. I mean, you guys are all right on the money, but like, I think at the end of the day, I, I always think like Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant, right? There you go. Like, kind of similar careers, you know, in, yeah. in terms of like longevity. But at the end of the day, like. Who was more ins- like more Inspire. people were more inspired by Jordan, yeah, right? Jordan, and then Kobe. Now jo- Kobe's passed away. Yeah, now people are inspired by Kobe, and like I think at the end of the day, it's like you got longevity and you got short term. Yeah, but like who's more inspirational? Exactly. You know, I think they 100%. both. I think they both go hand in hand. I, I, you know, if it was if it was your own shoot, if you if you when you compare it to The Rock and The Undertaker, I think yeah. The Rock's career hands down. Right. But when you're like when you're like oh you get a short career where you people are gonna be like you did as much as you could in that short period of time. Like someone I think about is like Dynamite Kid who mm-hmm. fucking went and was the man and burned fire. Like that guy was fire and then was out because his ass crippled okay. himself. But that's what's yeah. cool is like those two different career styles. Like they're both inspirational in their own ways to someone else. Here's the part. All right, so would you rather take a Dynamite Kid career or would you rather take a Bret Hart career? Oh, Bret. And why is that? Bret was the man. I mean, Bret Bret, Bret had (laughs) the accolades. Do you see what I'm saying? That's almost the same exact thing. No, Bret had the accolades. Bret Bret led the company. Um, I think people, I don't know. I don't know that anyone would say Dynamite was a better worker. I don't think you're like never going to be acknowledged, even if you have like a long, like that question is like almost like backhanded, like, this it doesn't matter I if you have people. a long career or short career. I think the, you're always going to make an impact to someone. I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh-huh. Okay. You're going to have the career of Ginger Mahal. 
World champion. Who? <laughs> U.S. champion, mm. right? Guys, guys, done it. Oh yeah. Um, or the career of shit. Billy Gunn. Dude, Billy, Billy Gunn. Man, no, I'm taking Billy Gunn's career, dog. Yeah, uh, that motherfucker was running hot. Hot during the attitude. He should have been champion. I, I'll take mm. you. Put me in the attitude. Sorry, but he, would, but out, he take, wouldn't. But I'm, he I'm gonna take out Billy Gunn because he had the awesome and that rock, shit. Rock I'll give you. I'll give you Jeff Jarrett because we were talking about Jeff Jarrett and how much you love and respect. Jeff so Jarrett. Jeff and who? Jeff Jarrett or uh, Jinder Mahal? Or Jeff Jarrett? Or Jeff Jarrett. So, Jinder so Mahal, now Jinder you're Mahal and so now champion? you're kind of signing hypocritical then. Yeah. No. No. Because you, well, one. Jeff Jarrett is the man, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> so Jeff who? Jarrett. So is is fucking Undertaker not the know. man? Yeah, know. what's up, dog? Well, I mean, listen. When I it, it, okay, let, let's look at this. I like, like this. I like. Let's yeah, look at this. Yeah, this is let's good. Look at this, like the way I was looking at. It, so we're talking about like you went in for a handful of years. You fucking murdered it, right? You murdered it. You have uh, the mainstream audience mm-hmm. who's got you, right? They they know you. Or are you the guy that has been traveling the highways and the byways and yet only the hardcores know about you? You know, like, well, okay, what about afterwards? It's always, to me, it's like, what what about Endgame. after wrestling, right? Are you still going to be, you know, just pulling the same shit? Or are you going to move on to the next thing and say, hey, I'm done here. I'm, I, I've, I've reached mm-hmm. the fucking mountaintop. I gotta, I gotta try and, and move on to something else. Jordan, I got this. Jordan. So I got this then. Uh, so like we're talking about. Oh, I need to think about this. The majority of wrestlers that have the longevity, ra- rather that it's six years and and higher, they're always going to be wrestlers and they're always going to try to stay in the business mm-hmm. because they, um, unless you're the Rock, unless you're Cena, that is good in acting in different areas and stuff like that. Think about all the guys that have had. Agenting jobs, producing jobs, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's the one thing. It's like when you try to take. I know this sounds fucking ghetto as shit, but like one, if you could take the hood at the homeboy, you never take the. Or what is it? You never take. Can't take. The you know what I'm talking homeboy. about? Like you take the homeboy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the homeboy. Exactly. I grew up in the hood. Let's go. Let's go, Ramona. High five. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, no, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like if you you know you think about this, like do you want that? quick hot shot money all that kind of stuff or, or are you the person that loves the business so much that you stay that's all you want to do it just it, it just depends on who you are that's it there's I think that, it's there's no wrong answer there's no I don't, wrong I don't think answer. there's like a no right or wrong answer it's your personal preference but like I there's something about it like if people talk about you and they say that you are underappreciated that's more of a compliment of somebody saying you're good exactly but you don't get to hear them say that <laughs> You know what I mean? That's behind no, your back. But you see what I mean? Like, Would you, all, right, all right, how about this? How about this? Kane or CM Punk? Which career do you want? Kane. Really? Kane. Kane. Yeah, I, I mean... Because that, to me, again, it's a, it's a lesser it's, version well, of the... This is the interesting part. Like, we're just naming off names and saying, like, whose career would you rather have? And, and, and we're kind of doing similarities. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of interesting. Like, I don't fucking know, man. I'll probably, I'll probably go with the hot short career and hopefully piggyback that off into something else. Jinder Mahal or Kane? Kane. Jinder Mahal or Kane? Oh, well, probably Kane. Yeah. So, and this is another thing, Kane too. Because Kane stayed in the, in, the, in the Fed the whole time, whereas Jinder had to get cut, come back, and all that kind of stuff. So, so what you're saying is you don't like adversity. Gotcha. Okay. What? I don't know. Fuck this I'm guy. just kidding. 
Okay, keep going. Well, oh, it's, you know, it's funny because... <laughs> well, it's, it, 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 it's know, a fucking mayor right now. <laughs> there's no, there, like I said, there's no wrong. And the answer could flip flop if you were saying whose career would you rather have, this guy or this guy, this guy or this guy, this guy. It could, it's gonna flip, flip it's gonna flip flop. Right. I got you. Would you rather have an Austin or rock career? We're talking about just wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yep, just wrestling. Just wrestling. I see him the same. Okay, so now, 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 here's the discussion. Well, if we're talking about just wrestling, The Rock got hot shotted right into the into the Fed. Right, didn't have to do any indies, didn't have to do any territories, no nothing like that. Austin had did do that. Let's just go Fed. Uh, Austin, don't worry about territories. I want Austin's. If it's just Fed, I want Austin's career. All right, and who had a longer career? They're about the same. Were they about the same, or who? who? That's what I'm saying. They're about the same. In the Fed, yeah. Um. I think Austin's was higher when he won. King, when or no? When he won King at that of the point, ring, you're splitting hairs, dude. He, yeah. No, no. When he won King of the Ring. Uh, All right. Do Rock. you want Bill Gates' money? Okay. Or <laughs> Jeff Bezos' money? Jeff Your Bezos. choice. <laughs> that yeah. like, okay. Here's a good question. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Benny, you walk into Level Up Pro Wrestling School one oh, day, fuck. and there's two men standing in the ring. Two two men. One of them is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. The other one. Is Bobby Eaton. Okay. Who are you marking Bobby out for Eaton. bigger? No, oh, fucking Bobby Eaton all day. <laughs> <laughs> all fucking day. Beautiful Bobby. That's why dude. Uncle Bob. Is, no, the main trade. So of, like a lot of people, you know this, right. but like my favorite wrestler of all time is beautiful Bobby Eaton. See, and that's the funny thing. Mainstream audience, they don't know who the fuck Bobby Eaton is. I don't give a fuck about mainstream. But that's it's funny, about me. But, but, that's, <laughs> that's, but that's the interesting thing. Stone Cold, very mainstream, right? Yeah. Bobby Eaton. Nobody outside of this room knows who he is. Uh-huh. And... You, you, as a wrestling fan, are going to be like, that. holy shit, that's Bobby. fucking Bobby Eaton. Whereas other people would be like, who the fuck is that? You know, It's yeah. an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have the best comp oh, for you. The here best. Because you talk about hottest of the hot. Mm-hmm. You talk about long career with adversity, not just in the fed, but had to come in and out and do different shit okay. in between. Okay? I, I legit think this is the best uh, uh, that we have here. Goldberg okay. or okay. Rey Mysterio? Mysterio. I'd rather have right, Mysterio. So, uh, Who's career do you want? Goldberg or Rey Mysterio? I'd rather have I would have Rey. But like I would see why you would say Goldberg. I could see why you would say it. I don't know that I would want Goldberg's career. Oh, I could I could see why somebody would want Goldberg's career. Yeah, that he fucking yeah. had a hot run. Bruh, there. two minutes. Two minutes each match. Oh, that's why I would want it. Yeah, no, you're that's right. what yeah, I'm saying. Right. But, you but, ain't fooling nobody. You ain't working a worker, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Mike Mike sent me. Fuck it. Never mind. I'm not doing that conversation. Yeah. It, 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 good question. Who, who was that that sent that question? Because that was a hell of a conversation. conversation. That's, a, that's a really good. We haven't good. talked to them before. And there's, you know, there's, like I said, there's no wrong answer. It's, it's, it's I don't think it's a, I, I think it's just personal preference. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, SoCal Gabe, uh, if you go to his Instagram, he had a fucking sick create a wrestler version of Mike Camden. I did see that. For, Gabe, he, he comes to the shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah him can, and his but, brother, Drew. He's, uh, he's wrestle, the hot, what's the, what's the game? Uh, the, like, WWE 2K19 something or something. Or yeah, Fuck it, dude. It sick. So sick Camden. It was so yeah. good, man. Um. Anyway, I think Mike's taking a selfie or something. Uh, so we're doing selfies? We still do that? I, uh, Hops has his dog here, little Mocha. She's a four-month-old dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hops, talk, talk about Mocha. Hey, why don't you send that to um and she's, Cody Rhodes again? Make sure he likes your shit. She's <laughs> sleeping right bitch. next to me. Oh, yeah, he can be Cody Rhodes again. All right. Uh, okay, good question. More questions. I want Thank more you. questions. That's all we got. That's all we Actually, got. I think that's we're it. at two hours. Fuck. You want to call it? Yeah, that's it. 
Let's start putting over some shows. Oh, here we go. Oh, by uh, the way, we're working each other. What the fuck is that all about? So, uh, sorry. sorry. We I have, feel bad for you. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry. Uh, Dev, yeah. Dev, I'm trying to put over shows, please. Um, <laughs> we have two shows coming up at the end of the month. Yes. After uh, Thanksgiving, we're all going to be fat. Oh, I didn't <laughs> think of that. Yeah, we're going to be fat as fuck, dude. Lord. Mm. All right. So, you got a level up shirt I can wear? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Uh, Benny, help me out with this. Okay. Uh, so eleven twenty-seven. That's the Canna Pro show. Canna Pro show. Yes. Now that is a Friday night. Friday night. Yes. Friday night. November. Yep. November. Mo- I Movember. Fucking Movember. Too. I shaved my mustache for Movember. Right, what a stupid guy I am. Here we go. We're gonna have a show, Canna Pro. We're gonna name off the uh, the matches that have been announced. You're gonna have uh, a tag match. Yes. This gentleman next to me, Michael Hops, oh, is going to yeah. be uh, tagging with uh, Juan Matatoli. They are 8-bit lit, and they're going up against the team of La Rebellion, who consists of Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf. Yes. So awesome. good luck, Mike. Shit will be a fire. Fire. Next match. It's a tag match, and uh, it's going to be yours truly. And uh, my, pa- my tag partner, Devin Sparks. Who? And we're going up against the team of B-Boy and Hunter Freeman. Yes. So you're going to have the Hogs against uh, B-Boy and Hunter Freeman. Yeah. Drinking Buddies. We'll call it Drinking Buddies. Drinking Buddies. Is that what it's called? Yeah, we're going to call it. All right, excellent. Drinking Buddies. Then you are going to have another tag match. A lot of tag matches on this show. Ours is different. (laughs) You're going to have the team of SoCal Crazy and... No, it's uh, a four-way. Oh, is it a four-way? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. My eyes are bad. This is going to be a four-way. It's going to be uh, SoCal Crazy versus The Infection, Rob Shit, greatest pro- name in pro wrestling. I love him. Against uh, Delilah. Hoss Hog and Delilah Doom. Wow. Yeah. Excellent day. I think that – is that all the matches announced for the uh, show so For far? announced right now. And then don't oh, forget the big special guest. Benny, go ahead and tell him who the special guest is. I don't want to do it. It's the Godfather. <laughs> Everybody, jump on the hoe train. Yes. It's coming. I was trying to, to think Diego. of the tagline. I forgot what it was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> actually, forgot about this. This is, uh, I think, I don't know if this is the main event, but it is. Uh, event, yeah. Okay, it's the main event. It's going to be Eli Everfly. He is the uh, California Chronic Champion, and he's going to be put that title up against uh, the charming one, Biagio Crescenzo. Am I saying I that name right? Yeah, yeah, Crescenzo. Okay, yeah, cool. I love them both. By the way, Biagio is so underrated. I, I like Biagio. He's a good yeah. guy, man. I really like. Uh, I've, I've Eli's dope as fuck. So he's a. Uh, they're bo- they're going to put on a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I've got for that show yeah. right now. So now then we have Level Up Pro Dude, Wrestling. It's going to be a student show, right? Yeah, it's a student or show showcase. slash. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of matches. Um, uh, the first match that I'll announce is the Hogsman. You guys are doing another night. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we good for that? Excellent. Perfect. Uh, and you guys will be uh, wrestling Jesse James and Miss Ruby Rays. All right. Excellent. Is there anything uh, else for that show yet? Uh, yeah, there's actually a, a really good tag match. It's, uh, you know, the debuts of uh, Leo and Fab that was like last month, right? Leo, a.k.a. Wild, wild Thing. thing. Wild thing. Leo. Sexy. Uh, 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 wild Thing, Leo Canedo. Okay. And then and Sexy, sexy Fabricio. Ooh. And yep. uh, they're working 8-Bit Lit. Oh, shit. Banger. Yep. Uh, um, anything else on that that card? One thing, uh, another thing that I would probably say is that uh, Hunter Freeman is going against Rob Shit as well. 
greatest name in pro wrestling. Damn right. Is that, is that all? Is that all we got so far for that uh, show? I got I got everything down. I mean, I can keep going off the thing. Moment, if you want. To all right, how many matches? I say three already. Three. Three. Yeah. All right. Then there's a three way between uh, Casey Douglas. Um, uh yeah 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 sweet Robert Shaw and the returning Hyde Hyde's coming back nice um uh and some other ones eh hey man we'll start announcing as we get closer I'm old as fuck I don't know as they as they as they as they start coming in we'll start announcing them as the month goes on but so that's gonna be the twenty eighth so. Eleven twenty-seven. That's a Friday. Yes. That's gonna be Canna Pro, the Movember show, and then uh, the following night, Saturday night, eleven twenty-eight. That'll be the Level Up Showcase show. Yep. And more information will be coming out on that show, and we will tell you about it as it's being released. Yes. And also bring your mask. There will be social distancing uh, in effect. Uh, you will be getting temperature checked if you're gonna watch the be sh- uh, watch the show along with a. Uh, Con, I think it's contact tracing. That's what it's called, right? And everything like that. Other than that, uh, abide by the rules. If not, you'll get kicked the fuck out. All right, Dev, you got anything else you got you to throw in there, real quick? Why? Oh, he's quiet as hell tonight. You know what? Uh, I forgot to mention this match for Movember Canna Pro. You're gonna have Jordan Cruz. Oh yeah, taking on Jack. Cartwright. Cart is it Cartwheel or Cartwright? This says Cartwheel. I, I on think it. on Hollywood he's Cartwright, but he's known as Jack Cartwheel. All right, it's one of those, and uh, and also Guy Cool, so that'd yeah. be a triple threat. Yeah. All right. Long show, but it was a good show. A lot of information dropped. Devin Devin is really quiet. I think he's mad at his mic. Dropping knowledge. I don't drop knowledge. I just you know what I do. I just give you something that could be experience, and you could take it or throw it the fuck away. There you go. Hops, <laughs> uh, you got anything? You got any shows? Oh, there you go. That, that's coming on that we don't know about? Uh, nothing planned. I'm trying to get back on uh, Future Stars Wrestling. Hey, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here. Uh, put over Mocha. Mocha? My little four-month-old Belgian Malwell. She's a princess. Kinda good. She's sleeping next to us. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. put over some. I got nothing. Fuck. Nothing? All right. All right, cool. He's uh, drunk. Well, hey, appreciate you uh, coming on. All right. I'm sure it's not the last time you're going to come on. Probably not. I, I mean, you guys thing. are in the building. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's about it, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, you want to... Oh, yeah, Fuck I, Andy Brown. I think we're going to retire oh. that. I think we're going to retire yeah, that. Now, we're, you, know, you know what it is? We're done, we're done saying fuck Andy Brown. No, you know why? Because now you can say now how it's the hashtag fuck Andy Brown. We all decided maybe between – you guys don't know this. So now it's fuck Hunter Freeman. Yeah, I'm down with that. Oh. Fuck Hunter. Yeah. I don't want – his name's so long. Yeah. Fuck Hunter. Freeman, that's four syllables. Say Hunter. <laughs> fuck Hunter. There you go. And wait, 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 wait. wait. What, if, what if Paul wants to sign me one day? Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah Who's Paul? Going. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the 3H. Oh, the 3H. 3H. Fuck free. Oh, Lavisk. Le- Le- whatever. I uh, don't know. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Devin, what should they do? Like, subscribe, review. Devin really wants those to happen, please. Feedback. Sh- Shout to out to 10 Barrel. <laughs> I'm coachable. Brewing. <laughs> Pub beer. Cheap fun beer. Um. That's about it, guys. Oh, and if uh, Davey Richards asks you to uh, train MMA, do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs>
if uh, <laughs> Devin, they want the hog, what do they got to do? If they want the hog, what do they got to do? Uh, if they want the tip, what do they got to do? They got to take the whole hog. Take the whole hog. Adios. All right. <laughs>